I'll do the music. Okay. On we go. Good evening, everybody. It's Andrew Davis on his 49th birthday today. Yes, I'm 49 today. If you want to catch the show, it's www.toontalk.co.uk. And you can also catch us on Google Play when you actually listen to www.novaradio.co.uk. You can also uh, call into the show on 0191 538 <laughs> <laughs> Typical. Uh, you can on the you can also call the show on the number five three eight nine seven eight one to talk all Newcastle United, talk all about Sunderland, and also the Oscars tonight. But obviously, what's happened last, the last week or so has shown Newcastle United to to be exactly what we always thought they'd be. We we win against uh, Aston Villa on prime time TV, and then expected victory against Bristol City, and all of a sudden, boom, boom, boom. We're back to 2-2. So what do you feel about that, Newcastle United fans? Sunderland, unfortunately, lost. I think it was, was expected. But, uh, you know, Millsborough, I believe... Uh, I can't remember if they won a draw now. But um, Millsborough lost uh, again because, again, they can't score. They've got so many strikers in there. But as was talked about at the weekend, they've got four strikers who played the championship and none of them are scoring. So it's an interesting conundrum for all the Northeast teams. There's always something coming on, going on in this world. And I'd like to bring in my main guest of this of this evening and every week. It's Neil Mitchell in Dubai. Good evening, Neil. How are you? Good evening, Andrew. All, all the best, mate. Thank you very much. I must say you don't look 49, but I bet you did once. <laughs> Well, when I had my hair, actually, when I had a lot of hair, people would say yeah, I'm like I look uh, younger. Yeah, far better off without that hair island that was forming. I can promise you that. <laughs> You're going a bit Steve McLaren, I have to say. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it was starting. To, it's actually the only reason that I got it cut off was when I went to Australia and my sister told me it was interesting. Actually, uh, my nephew was calling me daddy, granddad type thing. And then I got it cut off and he started calling me Andrew. It's funny how things work, isn't it? But but anyway, the, probably the main thing of Monday is the Oscars. I can't believe what happened there. You think Newcastle got a bad until you see what they do in California. Unbelievable. Unbelievable to watch that. I tell you. From, from America, mate, they're kind of getting outraged. I tell you, that's, to me, I, I didn't watch it. I, you know, obviously, it's too late to watch it anyway. But I must admit, when you see the footage of Jimmy Kimmel everybody losing it uh, like you calm people and they just realize how bad it looks oh. uh but it's terrible yeah, it anyway was, I mean, it, was, it was all coming through breakfast time here you see mm. eight o'clock nine o'clock ten o'clock in the morning it was all sort of kicking off mm. all the social media went mental i was in a in an early meeting this morning 
mm-hmm. which I do every Monday, and and sort of I, I was just having a sly look at the Twitter feed every now and again, and it was like, oh, something's happening at the Oscars. Mm-hmm. Um, quite bizarre. Really. Price bizarre. Waterhouse Coopers, eh? <laughs> They've had a bad state of affairs lately, haven't they? <laughs> but, for, but for something you know so big, I know I had that that hoo ha with Miss World as well. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. The wrong one was announced, and maybe he was, maybe it wasn't. Mm. I don't know. It, 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 you'd think you'd get something as basic as getting the winner right. You would think, wouldn't you? Well, uh, we'll go, obviously we'll, we'll turn back to football now. And uh, my main guest this evening, my my special guest tonight, is Jim Van Wick, sports reporter for the Press Association. He loves his wife and kids, who who doesn't, of course, and he's partial to a bit of Norwich City Football Club. Good evening to you, Jim. How are you? Good evening, sir. Well, I'd have been I'd have been a lot better after uh, Derby disappointment uh, draw uh, yesterday. Uh, never mind, never mind. Uh, it's a point more than we had uh, when we started, I suppose. So, yeah, uh, Norwich has been a pans out. Yeah, Norwich has been a bit of an interesting one. You, mm. you you seem to lurch from going well and then hitting a, a downward spiral, and mm. um, you. The, the noises start to come out. They're going to get rid of um, the mm. uh, the guy you've got in there now, Alex Neal. And then all of a sudden you get a few results, and it, it, but I, th- I think the the issue with Norwich, everybody I think expected them to go up automatically, but with this, um, we, we know the way the championship's going at the moment, um, it every game's obviously Newcastle are up there. You've got I didn't expect Brighton to be up there either, so Norwich, you know, they're they're still in amongst, aren't they? Yeah, I mean, I, I think. You know they're 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 looking that they might have a slim possibility of maybe gate crashing the, the top six, but um, they've just left themselves too much. Like we've left ourselves with far too much to do. You know you can be have a great performance like we did against Newcastle when you guys came down here um, the other week. Um, you know and then you can have a terrible performance around uh, away at Burton. So they, they've been very hot and cold, just not been able to be consistent. And the two most consistent teams in in the division are, are in the top two. So. You know that's what it's all about. It's, it's relentless. The championship Tuesday, Saturday, Sunday, well any night of the week now, whatever they want to put yeah. the games on, don't they? And it's um, yeah, it's it, it's not easy for the teams to have come down. So that's why you know, Newcastle have done very well to get themselves um, back up there. And um, you know it's it, it's anyone's game really from from the playoffs. But um, I think probably the the top two would be very difficult for for anyone to catch them now. I would think. Interesting, Neil. Yeah, go, go yeah, ahead. I have to say, Jim, when I've I've seen Norwich this season, you've been when you've been good, you've been very, very good. But exactly. when you've been bad, yeah. by God, you've been awful. awful. Yeah. And 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 yeah. when you've got extremes like that in the championship, there's no hiding place, is there? Even no. a slight wobble no. can do you in the championship. But when you yeah. go that bad, um, yeah. by God, it's stinking. Yeah, I mean, you know, look, you look, we got, we got turned over five, five nil, at, you know, five nil at Brighton, lost to QPR, you know, we managed to sweep Brentford aside five nil, and then you go and lose at Barnsley, you know, and, and then you go and get done at places like Rotherham as well, you know, it's just you know, the consistency in the middle part of the season has not been not been there. But fair play to the manager, he's managed to turn things around a little bit, hasn't he, recently? And um, you know, I have to hold my hands up. From a, from a fan's point of view, I thought it was time for a change. But, mm. you know, if, if he can get them motoring the last few weeks of the season, but uh, they just need too many wins now. You know, they, I mean, they needed, needed to really to beat Ipswich yesterday to sort of keep there. And Sheffield Wednesday, massive game on Saturday. You know, if they win that, they can cut the gap. And it's, 
there's always one team that finishes from the pack, isn't there? That sort of mm-hmm. you know comes really sort of on right. the rails and, and yeah. pushes towards the towards the top six. And and who knows that you know that that could be um, that could be Norwich. But um, you know any any more defeats really, and that could be you know the death knell and the promotion yeah. bid. But um, but we should we shall see. Very unpredictable the, the last few weeks of the season, I think, for, for the for the playoff places certainly. What happened to, when obviously when you started your career? Um, were, were you looking to uh, get to obviously to cover Norwich, or did you decide early on when you started, you know, becoming a journalist that you wanted to, uh, you wanted to, you know, go just cover whoever, basically? Yeah, well, it, it kind of, um, I, I, I kind of ended up with a win-win situation, really, because just as I'd moved down, um, back down to, to London from um, from the offices up in Yorkshire, where I'd covered sort of. You know Leeds and, and, and Sheffield United on a, uh, an ad hoc basis. Then um, that was actually when Norwich ended up being promoted under Nigel Worthington to the Premier League. So um, you know I, I was being sent to my hometown club every other week to um, you know, to cover on Norwich. And at the same time as well, Charlton and, and sort of Crystal Palace they were my other main clubs. And at that time, Charlton it's hard to believe now, but they were held up. They um, you know under Alan Kerbisley they had that great run, finished seventh. And um, so I was sort of fairly um, well embedded there, covering them, and then got the opportunity to for, for a decade, um, which kind of transpired with their barren period. So I'm not sure whether that was me being the bit of the, bit of the jinx um, there until they went on and, and won the FA Cup. So um, yeah, I mean, a, a lot of the guys obviously have their own affiliations, but um, I think sometimes maybe, and, and, and you guys might sort of find this as well you can be a bit harder on your own team because you don't want to be accused of of any sort of having a bias you know towards them so maybe there's a little bit of that that you know you're a little bit sort of maybe harsher on 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 the team than you would be when you when you're sort of in fan mode but um look and i I got to watch norwich i was lucky enough to, to, to to go in the raw box as well when we played middlesbrough last season at wembley that's you know, going to last with me for for the rest of you know for the rest of my life. Um, uh, as as well as reporting on Norwich when they got relegated, and you have to sort of put your journalist hat on and, and, and just try and blinker it all out. But um, yeah, it's um, it's uh, it's it, it's a great job when uh, when when you get the opportunity to to, to cover your own team, and um, you know, but you have to take the lows with the highs. And Norwich lately, there's been a lot more lows than there has highs. So I, I think it was interesting watching um, when Norwich played Newcastle. Um, obviously, a bit more fire and gut, a bit more fire and guts in that one when yeah. Norwich played, and they they seemed to be on the front foot. Obviously, Newcastle took the lead in that game, but um, that's the thing about Norwich. They, uh, I'll get to Neil first, but Neil, would you think that Norwich have all been a wishy-washy team? Well, that's what I was saying to Jim. The the the, 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 the blown hot and cold. Genuinely, I've seen them a few times on the telly here and. When they've looked good, they've really looked slick. You know, mm-hmm. they, they can pass the ball, they can control possession. But then, when it goes to pieces, by gosh, it's a bit like when, you know, you know when we were under Pardew, mm-hmm. we either won a game or would get a thumping. Yeah. And you knew when the thumping was coming because you could see the body language on the pitch. The heads would go down, people would look disinterested. The ball was a hot potato. I watched... Um, a lot of the game against Brighton, Jim, that you, you talked about. Mm. And after yeah. the second went in, you could see there was more coming because of the, yeah. the, the, the heads were down. Two or three of the players just went missing. The ball mm. was a- a- alien to them. They didn't want it. 
Um, and, and now, whether that's reflective of something that's been going on internally, because like you say, the, the manager's been under a lot of pressure, and there's certainly been rumours and whispers kicking around at one mm-hmm. stage, but he seems to have r- ridden that one out. I just don't know, but that, that's how they look to me, Andrew. It, mm-hmm. it, it is, I, I wouldn't say wishy-washy as such, but just they really do seem to blow hot and cold. Yeah, 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 exactly. And, and and I think as well, Norwich kind of tended to, or they had this season sort of raised their level. Of, well, apart from that Brighton game, obviously, but you know, against the sides, you know, that, that you would expect them to to have a tough time against. You know, that they they produce those performances, especially against you know um, Newcastle. And the, but then when it's come to to a, a team like Burton, who you think they should steamroller just for whatever reason, um, you know, these so-called Premier League players just, just haven't been able to turn it on. And, um, you know, that's that's why I think, you know, Newcastle have managed it very well is that, you know, that they also have you know, a squad still with the majority of the players who came down last season and they've been able to adapt to the championship, which is a completely different uh, a completely different ball game. And you, you look how difficult Aston Villa have find, found it. And they brought a lot of players in who have championship experience. You know, it's... Just like the Premier League is, is uh, you know, there's there's no equal to it. The, the Championship around the world, you know, people unless they've been in it, they, you know, they just don't understand how what an unforgiving league it is. And really, on any week, you don't if you don't turn up and produce that performance, and as you said there, if there are one or two players that go missing, you're in trouble. It's painful to watch, isn't it? That you know, you know, everybody knows that the, the Premiership is the go-to league. And that you know you, you you get a lot of things going on, and you know you watch it. even last Monday when Newcastle played Aston Villa, at least it was a an, you know enjoyable game to watch because you are kind of watching in respects you know two Premier Premiership teams, and but when you watch them, it, normally that league is like it's not for the faint-hearted, and that's the interesting thing about Jerome at um, at Norwich City. Like I've always thought, yeah, he's 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 surely come to the end, end of his career, and but he, he comes across as a player to me that he'll put himself about for the big games, but you'll never get a week you'll never get a week in week out um, performance from him. Um, with with regards to uh, you know the fact that I don't think um, Norwich spent much money, have they in the, in the season that started? No, no, not really. I mean, obviously we, we you know we we, we shipped. Um you know Robbie Brady out in the mm. you know in the, in the last in the last transfer window and you know they had some um, you know some signings that didn't come off. But if you look at you know you look at that squad that's um, you know that's uh, that was still playing there. You know that a lot of these guys have had Premier League experience. You know you've got John Ruddy, you know Russell Martin, Tim Closer, who I understand might be close close to a move away. Um, you know to West Brom. You know you've had Pinto's guys played in you know in the Premier League. Wes Houlihan, they all saw what he could do. You know, in, in the summer, um, you know, Alex Tete, Stephen Naismith. So all these guys have got Premier League experience, um, but it's just about you know they've all got to come together in uh, you know in, in in the Championship, and it's, mm-hmm. it's it's just not that it's just proof for Norwich, just not that straightforward um, you know forward this season. What was your th- what's your thoughts on that? obviously Rafa? Um, I I think Rafa in Newcastle. Uh, I think we've seen I've never seen Rafa Benitez. As much uh, showing as much passion, even at Liverpool, he obviously you saw a lot there. But he was always kind of kept himself together. In Newcastle, you can tell just by 
like first of all, were you surprised? You you must be surprised when the call came from him to go. I suppose, weren't you? With especially with Mike Ashley and uh, what we've been used to getting. Well, apparently he's off to China, isn't he? He's the next one on the list. I think. <laughs> I think. I think, he, I think he, he said, "I don't know where that's come from." Um, no, but I mean, look, I, I think a lot, a lot of people, yeah, yeah, um, a, a lot of people, you know, maybe you know, were surprised that you know, taking it on and going down into the championship. You know, the guys won the Champions League, and now he's been, you know, managing in, in the top divisions across across Europe. But you know, whatever he's done, he's managed to keep a group of players together to get the results needed to be in the automatic promotion and certainly, you know, you'd expect them now to, the, the worst that would happen would be, would be the top six, but, you know, we're, we're all expecting them to be among, among the top two. And he has to take a lot of credit for that. You know, as, as, as we've seen, it, it's not an easy thing to do. I mean, Steve Bruce has, has not found it easy. Aston mm-hmm. Gomez, Roberto Di Matteo didn't do, you know. It's, um, so it, it's a lot of credit to, um, to you know, to Rafa, um, you know, sometimes maybe his, you know, press conferences are, you know, a little bit, you know, short and sweet, um, mm. you know, with, with the answers that, you know, he, he wants to give and doesn't want to give, you know, too much away. But he's been able to get the best out of the group of players that he's got without spending an extraordinary, you know, amount of money and working under, you know, the conditions which, you know, Newcastle are, you know, sort of in a bit of a goldfish bowl with, you know, Mike Ashley and, you know, mm more hands-on, should we say, than, than, than some of the other Rovers. But um, I, I think from the outside, everybody can only, you know, give the guy credit for, for doing what he was brought in there to do, which looks like taking you guys back up to the into the Premier League. But this time next season, of course, you know, um, if, if you're in a position that, you know, Sunderland are in, or, you know, you should be looking to be more where maybe Middlesbrough are a bit higher up, looking to, to keep clear of that position and I think that will be you know the test for, for Rafa once he's back in the Premier League hopefully and he has a bit more money to spend and you know what type of calibre player can he get in and you know for, for Newcastle you want the guys to you know to be playing for the shirt don't you and you know it's so easy now to, to bring in players from certainly you know from, from overseas who just don't get it and, and you know probably wouldn't get what pulling on those black and white stripes mean to, to Newcastle. So, um, yeah, it'll be interesting to see how he goes on um, how he goes mm. on next season, really. I think uh, I'll, I'll ask this question to Neil first, then you can answer it next, um, Jim. Um, the issue now, the problem with the, the injury to, to Gail, um, Neil, mm. it's, it could come home to roost now because as soon as you saw him walking off, Yamola, I went straight back to Townsend. That deal not happening. There you go, your black cloud again. So I must drag, be, it, what? Back, drag it back over, son. Drag <laughs> it back over. Look at. Um, so, and, and obviously Mitro again didn't fire. Hindsight makes for a genius, Andrew. Mm. If we could have hindsight on every decision we make in life, would be absolutely geniuses and totally perfect. And it doesn't genuinely doesn't work like that. Um, Yes, it was frustrating, but really, in all honesty, we should have enough in that squad. Um, you're right, you, everybody knows what I think about Mitrovic. I would have Murphy in ahead of him. Mm-hmm. I don't think you can trust him, and I think, again, we've seen that. Um, but Rafa seems to be behind him, and so what, who am I to say? Because how many Champions League have I won as a manager? Uh, apparently none, all in my mind. And so we'll have to kind of... <laughs> Just roll with the punches a little bit. I mean, I gather he's training, and I gather he trained on Saturday. So how close Gale is to a proper comeback, I don't know. 
And again, as I said, the, when he the first had the injury, he's a clever lad and he managed it spot on. Mm. He knew he had a problem and he sat straight down. And I gather he, he, tur- he turned a potential big tear into a much smaller one. Mm. So maybe he's, he's felt something and he's thought, no, let's be cautious. But equally, you're right, it could come home and bite where I wish we had strengthened in January. It would have been nice to have a bit of a buffer. It would have been nice to have not been relying on um, bit parts from Sammy, Amiobi. Mm. I don't nothing against the lad, but really should never have been back anywhere near our first team squad. Mm. You know, and, and so that, that, we've got, we're, in the, we're in what we're in. We've got the players we've got, and we've got to make it work. And there should, should be enough in that team to beat any side on that day. Mm. And it's when they switch off, like they did for the first 20 minutes against Bristol, that's when they're a problem. They didn't do that against Brighton, because Brighton will have our eyes. Mm. Um, and it, it, it's not so much about what's not happening at the other end. Uh, again, we shot ourselves in the foot for the for the second goal. Mm. You know, I, I would say that's, that's th- three out of the last five goals we've conceded have been our fault. Mm. Jim? And that's what we need to stamp out. Yeah, yeah, I, I think so. I mean, I, I was doing the doing the um, uh, doing the review of the, of the championship on Saturday, and I was fully expecting to write, you know, Newcastle swept Bristol City side, and then all of a sudden they're, you know, they're two 0 down. And again, it goes to, the, to that point you made. If you know, if, if you're not if you're not focused in this division, you switch off for any amount of time. You know, um, you, you're going to have uh, teams who are going to take advantage of it, and obviously. You know, everyone's there to prove a point to Newcastle and, you know, bring them down to, you know, earth. They're, they're this big scalp. But um, as you say there, they should really have the, the strength and depth to, to cope without, you know, uh, Dwight Gale, who I think has been, you know, breath of fresh air in, in, in the championship this season. And, um, you know, you can see why, um, you know, he's hot property at, at this level. But um, I, I, I still do think, you know, you've got, you know, Perez and, you know, Mitrovic. I mean, you know, these, these guys are, you know, a, a top class players, and really, you know, you should have enough, you know, strength in depth, uh, you know, to, to get through. And certainly, these next couple of games, Brighton, Huddersfield, Reading, this could be a real chance to virtually secure that, you know, that that that, uh, that top two finish. Um, you know, if everyone is is focused and um, you know keeps 100% uh, on the calls, and um, as we all know, with the championship, you know, anything can happen. So, uh, you know, it's, it's one we'll just have. Just have to watch, but at the moment, can't really see anyone apart from you know the Brighton and Newcastle, um, you know, going uh, you know going forward and going up, and um, and uh, you know maybe passing uh, a couple from the northeast on the other way. Um, so yeah, you know, we, yeah. we, we'll just we we'll just have to just have to wait and see on that. Well, thanks for coming, John. I know you've got to pop off. Uh, when you speak yeah, to Mr. No, no, Peach. Let, let him know, and I'll yeah. try and get him on as well, will you? Yeah, no, no, I, I will do. I'll give you I think he's in, in, in a bit deflated after, um, <laughs> you know, he's, he's a big Southampton fan, and he was there. Yeah, yeah, watch he's, he's our, you know, Manchester United correspondent, and, you know, so he's there having to put into words his disappointment at uh, Southampton. Oh, they got robbed, didn't they, full stop? But, um, yeah, robbed. but, um, oh, you know, Ibrahimovic, he, you know, whatever you think about him, he does what mm. he says on the tin, doesn't he? Yeah, exactly. Um, uh, yeah. You know, they, he may well get my vote for for um, FWA Footballer of the Year, which I'll have yeah. to see. Good show, yeah. Either that or yeah. Wes Houlihan. Never mind. <laughs> I yeah. believe that one is it. Thanks, Jim. Cheers, mate. Take care. Bye now. Oh, thanks. Oh, great to have Jim on the show. A really nice guest, and obviously have have him on uh, for a longer period next time. I'm going to bring in my next guest this evening. He hasn't been on this season. It's Bill 
Corcoran, uh, Newcastle upon Tyne is the greatest, most civilized city on earth, and he can prove it. Good evening, Bill. How are you? I'm not bad. Now. I'm not bad at all. I've just been to Leeds today, so I can I can absolutely attest that Newcastle upon Tyne is the greatest and most civilized city on earth, and I can prove that. <laughs> How was it? Was it that? Was it very good? Was it not? Uh, that was all right, you know. But you know, Leeds being Leeds, full of uh, just a just a Yorkshire mill town, you know. A bit, <laughs> well, I've got family near there. So oh no, I'm not saying they're bad people. I'm just saying, you know, as a city, you kind of think, oh right, okay. It's uh, but the, the thing about it is the difference between them and us is they put the women on the pit and they put the children into the factories. Mm-hmm. And we looked after all of those things, and we retained the family unit in the midst of industrialization. Lit up the world with the first city to have electricity in the in, in the streets mm-hmm. ever. And the only city in the world to have a large Irish minority without any forms of sectarian discrimination that took a hold. Yeah, it's true. It is, I must it be, yeah, it's true. Neil? No, no, it's good to hear Bill's voice. I'm not, not supporting Bill Bridges. How are you doing, pal? You all right? Neil, I'm not bad. I saw your dad. I saw your dad at the food bank before, so he's, he's doing well. Uh, he reckons he's coming along for Paddy's Day. That, that, uh, he will be. Either that, you know that, um, that food bank, fabulous effort, mm. mate. That picture of you with them bags, that was really week. Honestly, uh, it's superb. Make yeah, your chest out out here. You know, living out mm-hmm. here in a place of bizarre excesses and mm-hmm. seeing what you guys are all doing and what we're doing as a fan base together and how yeah. hard we, you and I in particular, mate, work to get people together. It's it's like, it's, as I keep saying, it's like herding cats, isn't it? I think, Neil, that the, the lesson has been that uh, everybody's getting involved, you know, really, the, the people who deserve the thanks are the, are the thousands who are just bringing along, the, you know, it, it's wonderful when you see some kid and he's, and he's designed a gear and he, he pops out a little tin of tuna, you know, and hands it over, and you get people who you think they don't have much money and, and they all of a sudden they pop out a tenner or they, they bring along a carrier bag full of food and it's wonderful and, uh, you know, I, I think I think it shows it's something we can do as a people. It's it's often so difficult. Um, I mean, you know, when you try and buy a football club, that's quite a difficult thing to do. But anybody can bring along a tin of beans, or a tin of tomatoes, or peaches, or you know, when they when they're in the shops, buy some bog roll or something. Mm-hmm. And and that's all we're asking people to do. And when you when you say, look, it's it's just a little thing, but it has massive, profound effects. I mean, ten pence buys a tin of beans. Five pounds feeds a family for a week. You feed a family for a week, and the people, the family in Newcastle, know that that's the fans of Newcastle United and the football club have combined together to do that. Every time they see that football club, even though they probably can't afford to go to the match or they can't afford to buy the replica kit, they think that team, those supporters, those cheers, they're for my family as well as everybody else, and it brings them in. And that's the thing: it's to, to let them know they're not forgotten. They might be poor. They might be having a bad time. But we don't forget our people, and this community will never do that. So it's it's a marvelous thing to be part of. How did it actually come about? Because I must admit, I came back from America, and I was on my arse, and I had to go to food bank, uh, the, mm-hmm. the one in, the one in Gateshead. And I must admit, it's the most. I wouldn't say it's the most humbling experience. I've had a few of them, but um, mm-hmm. going into the one in Gateshead and basically the choices of what they give you. Mm-hmm. Um, I wouldn't say I, w- I wasn't impressed, but it's interesting when you go through the council, uh, you can actually, you know, they'll ring you up and say, what do you want? Do you want this, this and this? And then Tesco's will deliver the food to you. Mm-hmm. Um, but the, the food bank itself 
it is pretty rough. Um, uh, like obviously nothing's fresh. It's all in tins and it's all in. So, so with a food bank, how how does can you tell us how does it work now? There seems well, to be a, a big push on it. Obviously, no. I do. To be honest, I'm not the greatest expert at how the food bank works. When we, I mean, I'll tell you what happened. Um, mm. Colin Whittle from the Newcastle United Supporters Trust came to see me and Steve Hasty and said, mm. "Look, lads, we've got to do something about this." And um, the the next thing I did was we we, we all kind of Googled food banks because we knew nothing about them. We've been fortunate enough never have to to have to use them. And I'll, I'll tell you how ridiculous it is. For the last two years, I've been doing a fortnightly clinic. A financial clinic at the um, at the Citizens Advice Bureau in Newcastle. So you'd think I would know about stuff like that, and I knew that they existed, but I really didn't know any of the details. So the the next person I saw was was Shona Alexander, who's the head of the Newcastle upon Tyne Citizens Advice Bureau, and Shona deserves all of our gratitude and thanks because she introduced us to Mike Nixon, who's the bloke in charge of the West End Food Bank, which is the biggest food bank in this country, which is five times bigger than the next biggest food bank, which is in Coventry. And he basically said, look, all you've got to do is, is show me the food and I'll pick it up. And he told us that, for example, every week they have to send a lorry to London and they, they fill that lorry up full of food and they bring it back for the, for the hungry people here on Tyneside. And they have to do that because of the impact of the social security regulations has been so profound on Tyneside. It hasn't quite been as bad yet on London that you know, there is, they're causing real hunger and starvation here. So that our, first, our first ambition was to get them to a point where they didn't have to do that. They didn't have to drive down, you know, seven hours there, seven hours back, and fill the thing and pay for the diesel and all that, and, and they, could, they could do it here. Now, um, and part of it is when you've got people shopping, as you shop for yourself, um, you may be not getting, I don't know, the, the basics. You, you may be getting something nice. You, you're not maybe getting waitrose. There was a waitress carrier bag and there was a few Marks and Spencers, but it's not all pound shop, you know? It's, mm -hmm. it's, it's normal, decent, everyday average food, which people should be able to get, you know, in this, in this day and age. And um, so the, the reason the food bank thing has worked is because lots of people have done a little bit and we've all combined together, which is the basics and strength of this city and this region and our footballing community, because... You know, we're not we're not saying to people, look, you've got to devote your lives, you've got to give everything you've got. We're saying, you ten pence will buy a tin of beans, a fiver feeds a family for a week. You bring along a, a tin of tuna to the match, and it doesn't disturb the line, the fine line of your of your Stone Island jacket. It's all cool. You know, everybody can do something, <laughs> and if we all do a tiny little bit, it has a huge and profound effect. But the most important effect, over and above the fact that people aren't going hungry in the city anymore, because of this is because they know that they're not forgotten. And I suppose that when you're on your backside and, you, and you're feeling lost and worried, you know, we, we, all, we all got worries in our lives, and a lot of the time we've got the match to forget them. Well, mm -hmm. if you cannot afford to feed your family, imagine the worries that you must have. And just for a second, being able to think, all right, I can watch the football and feel that that's something that belongs to me in a little way, and I belong to it, and we all stand together. And we do that, then take politics out of it, take everything out of it, that's just a human thing to do. And uh, I'm so proud of the people of this city and the people of this region that stuck together and done it. Yeah, well you said. Know, you know, for me sitting out here, you know, I can spread the word out here, look what we're doing. And I know we have initiatives here to help with um, some of the labourers and the low-paid workers and because mm -hmm. obviously yeah. things are very, very different out here. Um, and, and, and they need help. Um, 
you hear more of it around about times like Ramadan, where there's a lot more made of it in the spirit of the of the season. But to look at what what everybody's achieving and what we as a as a region, as a city, as a club, as a fan base can achieve, you know, you put it in in proportion. If everybody that goes to that ground brings one item, that's fifty thousand items to mm-hmm. go into the food bank, and that that that's a phenomenal addition that puts no dint in everybody's day-to-day life, really, and as Bill rightly says, you can even stick a little tin of tuna in your Stone Island jacket and you're not going to look <laughs> uncool. Um, you know, um, it, 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 but the, the, the connection, that reconnect between the city and the club and the community, I'm so glad Colin's involved and so glad that the Trust have been involved because it's, it's time, well, it's, it's a long time since I've, since I've spoke to Colin and, and I wish I had sooner. Um, and, and bringing it comes at a time when the trust are back in, into the fold for the fans forum properly as well which is the right and proper thing that should be because we're, we're one community and community properly and yes it revolves around the cathedral on the hill but that's the focus of our community so why shouldn't that be also the focus of community help the foundation are doing wonderful things at the moment yeah. and so you know as a, as a as a, as a club, we're, we're growing up again and we're reconnecting and sort of building bridges and healing wounds and patching divisions. And you know what? We're still going to argue on the terraces about Mitrovic mm. and uh, about who's the best centre-back and which goalkeeper we should have. Um, but that's all it is. That's and right, yeah. Uh, yeah. And that, that's all it is. The rest, you know, it's about that club and how we connect to it. And I just think it's such a wonderful thing. And I'm so proud out here of everybody. Around. And Neil, just whilst you're on about the, the Ramadan thing, one of the things that was especially gratifying was the way we've been helped by, you know, the, the Muslim population at Townside. Some of them have got together yeah. and given us free meals, uh, which we were able to auction, um, you know, in, in the Double Wall restaurant in Jesmond and the uh, Rialto uh, it's an Italian, but I don't think it's Italians who run it. You know, it might be a big secret, like, but I don't know. And well, and and, and that's uh, and that's been brilliant. And and what was noticeable was that as as people, you know, from South Asian heritage are walking past and Middle Eastern heritage are walking past, they're putting their hands in their pockets as well and 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 giving a little bit because it's part of their religious duties to help the poor well, and the, uh, and the hungry. Zakat is one of the one of the five pillars of Islam. Yeah, um, and, and, in, in and we know that in the Irish community as well because, the, you know, it's, it's well known that when the famine happened to the Irish in, in 1846, 1847, 1848, that one of the people who contributed an awful lot was, the, was what, the, what was the Sultan of Turkey, which at the time ran the whole Middle East, and uh, that hasn't been forgotten. Um, so, you know, it's, it's, it's kind of strange that <laughs> the times that Irish help is, uh, the centre is helping an awful lot, the Islamic population is helping, the normal everyday average you know, canny people, the grannies of this city are helping, the little kids are helping, everybody's helping, including the football club. And I think when when they're doing that, they're doing it because they think, like you say, it's, it's only a little thing, but it has such a huge and profound effect and there's not often you get a chance to do that kind of thing in this world these days. I've got, you know, the question I've got, Bill, is, you know, I, I hear, you know, obviously you've got so many Greg's uh, places in the North East and, you know, everywhere really, the, the one thing that happens when the food is not um, bought in the stores, uh, it goes to their stores, it goes to an actual, like a, a drop-off centre where they sell for half price or, you know, 
more or less oh, give I know, it away. Yeah, 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 yeah. So would it not be? Would it not be a, because Greg's are always part of the fabric of Newcastle? Would it not be a good idea to get them involved in some with the food bank? Because you know, I go up. Well, you've been up there yourself. I've been. There, I used to go there all the time. So it would it would be a good idea um, to to you know to get that food in or get get uh, get an association with them to that because they've got so many stores and I'm sure they throw it away. Let's be honest. If if, if after I, one I, day. Yeah. I think the whole question of, of retail food distribution and waste from supermarkets and things is a separate issue. I honestly don't think the food bank have got the ability to store and, and, and transport yeah. that. You know, logistically, I don't think that's possible. I think um, the other thing about it is it's, it's almost, you know, it's almost unfair to pick on one organization. We can pick on lots of them and point a finger and say, why don't you do this? What we're doing is we're saying, look, all of those human beings that can help a little bit, help a little bit. Um, if you can, it doesn't matter. You, you, mm. you can do it next time. We'll be there on the 11th of March, and we'll be there, I think, you know, for, for, call, for, for daytime. What happened there? Uh, just keep going, Bill. <laughs> All right, okay. I said, well, look, we'll be there on the 11th of March, and we'll be there. Uh, you know, I can't remember what the one after that is, the 1st of April or the 5th of April, I can't remember which one it is, and then Easter Saturday, we'll be there, and um, we just need a tin of tomatoes, a tube of toothpaste, some bog roll, you know, um, some feminine hygiene products. We've had some hilarious tales of lads going into supermarkets and coming out with some amazing things as a result of that. But, you know, we're even thinking it might be nice to get some Easter eggs uh, for, the, for the Leeds match for Easter, because... Again, I would imagine if you cannot afford to put food on the table, you cannot afford to buy an Easter egg. And why should those kids feel left out, you know? And, yeah, I have um, to say, say, Bill, having worked myself um, in communities in and around the Meadowell uh, and in and around parts of Gateshead, um, you'd be amazed what parents will go without to yeah. give their kids Easter eggs yeah. um, and to get their kids a ticket for the match and to get their kids the latest shirt. Um, it it never genuinely never fails to amaze me the levels of genuine sacrifice that these people go to. Yeah. And so you're right. Stick an egg in that stick an egg in their hands, and that's one less thing they've got to sacrifice. Yeah, one less and, thing and they've got to think about. And and we're going to try and think about doing some sort of an event, maybe towards the end of the season. We don't know yet. Um, there's, there's lots of people want to help us with all kinds of things, and uh, you know. We'll, we'll let you know as soon as we can on that one. Yeah, I've got. I'm sorry, I'm back. <laughs> I had to take that call. Um, so, when it comes to Newcastle United, what, what's been your since Rafa's come in, Bill? Uh, what's been your? How have you felt about it? Because obviously, it's a lot. It's everything that we do with Newcastle. It's about the supporters, how we feel. Obviously, lots has gone on since you know since he's come in there. But how has it made you feel, and uh, how has it affected the, the city, our city? And the northeast in general, because obviously Newcastle fans everywhere. And what's what's been your take on it, and the way that Rafa um, has embraced everything about Newcastle, and even got in, he even wants to get involved with the Gates and Angel to make things happen there with regards to tourism. He, he's embraced everything, and he's obviously more and more passionate every time he's on that on that touchline. I think every successful Newcastle United manager who who, who works. He works because he gets the city and he gets the region. You know, we're not talking about just a football team. We're talking about the warrior heart of Northumbria. We're talking about the spirit of a people 
who have defeated the, the world's biggest empire. We're talking about the men of the Northumberland Fusiliers who walked across the Somme into the hail of machine gun bullets. We're talking about the courage and humor of the world's most incredible people. And if you patronize us like we have had over the years by the south of England, by people who don't know us, then, you know, with all due respect, you might get a kind of Alan Pardew thing. Oh, do, do they have things up here? Uh, Mark Old, you know. <laughs> now, Rafa understands this is a region that's built on civilization and courage and humor and decency and dignity. Mm. And Bobby Robson understood that. And Kevin Keegan, by God, understood that because his mm. grandfather was down a pit where 150 people died. Um, so the successful managers of Newcastle United have understood that it comes from the people. And the people don't just want to see a winning team. They want to see a team with heart and soul, a team that can, they can be proud of. It doesn't have to win every match. It has to try and it has to do things with decency and dignity. And that's what got forgotten by some people around about 2007, 2008. And before that, with, uh, with, with, with people trying to be clever. And Rafa is somebody who, who radiates that dignity. And you know we can all we can all get confused about team selection and what he yeah. does, but yeah. I think he's a man who cares as much. He cares more than anybody else to come here and and devote the hard work he gives to this club and by extension to the people. And I think it's transformed this city and it's made us walk with a little bit of a spring on our step. And you know even if we don't get promoted this season, I think we'll get promoted next season. You know, right. but I still yeah. like to get promoted this season. The, 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 the trouble isn't it because of you have to, the, that's the issue isn't it he he gets it but on every level that you you think about the owner he doesn't I think the owner is like all human beings um, and I don't know anybody who's really ever met the owner particularly mm. and it was able to come out I mean put it this way I've studied I've studied major factors people in history all my life I can tell you what Stalin's pipe looked like I can tell you what Adolf Hitler had for his breakfast I can't tell you anything about Mike Ashley and and there's a bit of me that kind of says let the man alone you know if he wants to come in and and do whatever as long as he leaves Rafa alone to do his job um then Mike Ashley can take the benefits when we get them um for for being the owner of a successful club but he has to understand as we all understand, that the value of our brand cannot be cheapened and will not be cheapened by putting loan sharks on our shirt or by trying to rename our ground and by other things. I think he understands that now. And he think he understands the value of the brand is worth more without that kind of nonsense. If you want an example of that, you look at the NFL in America who don't have shirt sponsorship mm -hmm. because they understand the value of the sporting brand is more that can be given by, you know, putting Pizza Hut on the front of it or whatever. Mm -hmm. So yeah. I'm standing date with the next sponsor, so I hope to God it's no it's no yeah, really still, horrible, you know. Yeah, we still don't know who the sponsor is, do we? I think uh, Under Armour are going to be the kit, because uh, I think we're, we're with Puma for a while, uh, but the Under Armour are going to be some, not going to be the sponsor, but they're going to be the, um, <laughs> to go with the kit, I suppose, the, the training kit. But right. that's that's the thing. People, I don't think people are worried. Well, they've put it out through the media, haven't they? That's, it's not going to be... Newcastle isn't going to be renamed, um, you know, linked. It's got, sometimes it's always been linked to whoever the sponsor is, fundamentally, isn't it? But um, to me, it's 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 it, the the good thing about Newcastle United, when everything on the pitch with the manager is sorted, and you've got such a a presence. That's the thing he gives us, isn't it, Bill? He gives us that presence that whatever whatever kicks off. Like I, you know, I lost my temper. Uh, when it came to the 
you know the story that came out about uh, Andros Townsend um, mm. uh, when, when it didn't happen. And he, but the good thing about Rafa for me, he showed it. He told you what was going on, and it to me it didn't matter what you know people said. Um, oh yeah, well he's 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 at least he's 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 taking it frontwards. He's thinking right, okay, I'm going to own this issue. I'm going to tell you that I'm upset about it. I don't know the reason behind it, but that that's a problem for me. If if you know the, the seasons when I were nearly March, aren't we? So you know that's the problem. He sees things in that team. Um, that uh, a Townsend in that team replacing the likes of Gale, who's who now is not playing tomorrow, I believe. So um, that's, that right. come from Rafa himself. It been, so it would, it would have been just how I look to sign Townsend, and then he get hamstrung himself. I mean, the, yeah, the, the truth yeah. is, you know, we, we we talk about football and we we analyse it and we talk sometimes like it's a science and it's not. It's mm-hmm. an art-based science. It's an ABS. And you never know, really know what you're going to get. I mean, how many times we see Newcastle figuratively, they'll beat Brazil one week and lose to Blythe mm-hmm. Spartans the next, you know. So we've, we've all been through it. Um, I mean, I knew we'd get beat on Boxing Day. I just knew it. I mean, you know, there was no reason why we should have done, but I knew we were going to. And, uh, and we did. And uh, some of the performances were given against teams which, you know, they, they say that they're, you know, lower teams, but they're all, they're all, there's 11 men in there who are all good footballers, and they play Newcastle United at St. James's Park, and by God, they want to impress. Mm-hmm. And the effect that we used to have on them in 2008 when we got relegated last time, I remember when Plymouth Argyle came on the pitch, and they were all kind of taking selfies with each other virtually. <laughs> you know, and then we, we scored three goals passing the first half. The second half, they got their act together, and they were a better team, and they got a goal back, you know, but I mean, by then we'd beaten them, and that used to happen with a lot of teams. It isn't happening this season. Teams are playing... You know, like Blackburn Rovers, they're playing well. You know, uh, they're playing well against us, and then they couldn't care less against Barnsley. It's mm-hmm. part of the price we are for being what we are, and and I think it's tough for the players to get over that. I'm hoping that now we've got three away matches against three of our mm-hmm. major competitors, that the fact we're playing better teams will make us play better, and mm-hmm. um, and and maybe we've got a chance of at least not being three draws down, or maybe beat one of them. I think the the one thing I found that I found a bit disappointing from my side of it. I don't know what Neil thinks, but when you go ab- away from home, if you put Murphy and you put Mitrovic, because now you know he's not going to be there, is he, um, Gale? You know, you, you, to me, um, Mitrovic needs somebody alongside him like that who can you know help him a little bit because two up front. Again, and you know, put the team around them that, that you know you protect the midfield. Why not play two up front? Because if you look, obviously they're not the standards of Ferdinand and Shearer, but the, putting two lads out like that in a way game, they we're showing them right. Okay, we're we're up for the battle. When we the team that we were playing without Gale, we look limited. Yeah, well, you know, it's not Rafa's style, though. And it's it's not football style not football style I mean I, and, and who am I talking I used to play centre half of the Barleymore football club in the Newcastle Central <laughs> Sunday afternoon league you know I, we used to play on pitches that were so bad I once kicked the ball and kicked about six foot of ground underneath it the ball never moved you know we were the lowest standard of football that still had nets and, 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 and referees you know so am I going to talk to Rafa Benitez about who we should put in his football team my god you know geez. No, I mean uh, I, think, I think it's important that we all do our jobs and, and we understand our jobs is, it says supporter, and that doesn't mean critic, it doesn't mean, you know, it means supporter. So you support your team, and if you cannot support your team, you, you keep quiet, and, uh, 
and I'm not talking about you, mate. I'm talking about people in the stands who boo at half time when we're when we're not winning. You know, well, that's what happens in football. That's what happens in life. Sometimes. Yeah, I yeah, I was going to bring actually that was one thing I was going to bring up. Um, you know, people were saying, you know, social media were saying, oh, you know, you shouldn't boo them. Well, I've been in Newcastle games many a time and they've played absolutely terrible. And I'm not just going to stand there and go, hmm. You know well, what I mean? But, uh, no, but if, that's the thing is, is, people spend their money. They, they should have to turn around and say, to me, booing somebody... Money doesn't mean to say you've got a valid opinion. Look at Donald Trump. Yeah, true. I mean, what we're talking about is truth and decency and justice. Yeah. And, and the, I'll, I'll give you the, if the day somebody can boo is the day they can get on the pitch and play better. Now, you know, that's, I, I come from a, a musician background as well, I'm a roadie, and, uh, you know, we get people, the, the truth is, when you turn up with an audience to watch a band, it means that you don't know what you're doing. The only people who know what they're doing are the people running the gig and the people mm-hmm. on the stage. Audiences come along and they're supposed to clap, you know, <laughs> if they boo, it's because they don't like it, they've got the wrong gig, you know, but unless they can get on the stage and do it better, which I guarantee you one out of 100,000 maybe could do, but that's it. You know, it's, you, you uh, see my point, don't you? It's like you go there, you're spending a no, lot of money, you no, spend a lot of. <laughs> no, I, I completely. I do, but to disagree on that one then. No, 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 no. I, I think I think if you if you if you watch, and we have all done it. Um, you know, I remember Birmingham City at home, five-one. You know, getting beat by Birmingham City on on live television. You think, you know, my God, you know, and mm. you sit there and you watch it because. Frankly, that's the price you pay for every one of those you watch. You might see us come back against Arsenal and get a get a, a fourth equaliser. You know, you might see us, you know, equalise against Man U in the last minute, or you might see us beat, beat Norwich in the last minute. Um, that's the re- that's the reward you get. And um, I just think if you if you if you're told somehow, the, I mean, we used to talk in the language of industrial solidarity in this city. We used mm-hmm. to stick together, mm-hmm. and we're talking now with like the language of entitled consumers. Well, just because you pay your money doesn't mean to say you're a consumer. It means to say you're allowed into something, and if it's a gig or if it's a match or whatever, you play a role as an audience or a, or, a, or a supporter. And if you're a supporter, you support. What was your? What do you think on the, the game on on Saturday? Uh, it, it you know it's a bit of a the, you know that's the thing when you cast we played absolutely flat in the first half. Uh, what was your you know this? I think Mitrovic had a good game. On Monday, he put himself about. He walked. He ran around. But I'll bring Neil in a second. But he doesn't. He doesn't seem to be able to command the pitch like you. Like he's, I keep on hearing, he's a he's a young lad. But he need he needs. I just think he needs somebody up front to help him because normally they're going with Perez. He's a young lad as well. That's the trouble. You take care of that their team. Newcastle kind of look a bit pedestrian, even well, with the it, fullbacks yeah. bombing on. It would help if we had referees that weren't refereeing rugby league, you know. Uh, yeah, yeah, with all due respect, if, if Mitrovic and Perez were in the Premiership, and as they were, you know, in the team that beat Spurs, they, they were doing fine because they get a bit of protection from the referees. Here, the centre, you know, you're talking about agricultural centre halves, all tall, fit lads who, mm. who beat most people in a heavy duel, and they do very well against Mitrovic. And he's getting he's getting pulled to hell, and if he retaliates, he gets the yellow card, and they get left alone. So for the first thing, I'd, I'd like to have some referees that aren't refereeing rugby league. Um, the second thing, it would be nice to have a bit of pace in, in the centre of midfield, but I'm not yeah. a refer. Yeah. knows what he's doing. Yeah. And, and, and the rest yeah. of it, you know, yeah, maybe. But I mean, I think, I think I'd rather draw against Brighton than get beat 1-0 because we're chasing them. Yeah. Neil? Yeah. yeah, well, look, um, Mitrovic is 
it, we've had this, this mm. discussion about Mitch Rich all season, Andrew, mm. uh, and, and it comes down to one thing, but for me, is can I trust him? Mm. I genuinely don't know if I can. So I, I, I keep Everybody keeps telling us mm. he's really, he's rawer than you think, he's not mm. a, as polished as you think, and that's what Rafa's working on, and mm. we've got to try and be positive for his benefit. Do you know what it is? If, if Gale's out for another extended period, he's, he is what we've got him, and Murphy's what choice. Mm. For me, you know, we just have to get, get behind him, though. I think, as Bill quite rightly says, enough of this precious booing and the, the getting upset. I mean, bearing in mind that, I remember standing on the Gallagher end, <laughs> it, 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 watching teams getting settled if they weren't 1 0 after 15 minutes because the crowd mm. was getting restless. Mm. And I've, I've been there, done it, got a t shirt. It seems to be something we're exceptionally good at. That and picking on left backs seems to be worth yeah, yeah. framing. <laughs> it's true, that, that's true, isn't it, Bill? Yeah. He, get, he gets so much stick, isn't he, Dumb? It's terrible. Who was that kid with the blonde hair from. from uh, he was a lovely lad. What was he called? Simpson. If he just had his hair shaved, you know, and got some <laughs> tattoos, they would have left him alone. <laughs> <laughs> that was my theory on it, you know. Who was that little Scottish daughter, um who, who played in that team? He was rubbish. He got absolutely done over by that kid from Millwall. Oh, sweet. Yeah, him. Yeah, yeah. He was, he, the crowd thought he was great. He was about one of the worst players I've seen in life. <laughs> Made Rob McDonald look like Rivellino, you know, but I mean, it was, <laughs> but, but yeah, I, I just, I think you're right. I think there's, uh, you, you, play, you play as a fullback and you take your life in your hands, mm. especially the left back. I left think back, uh, yeah. the, the, the problem I see against Brighton is that I think, um, you know, Mr. Hutton, he will have our number. And I the problem I find with Mitrovic, yes, he played a good game in Aston Villa, but I must admit, um, him, because you, in a way, because you can't really, you're not, we're not getting enough from him, I might have been tempted to put Murphy, and play Murphy, just to, just to say, Mitrovic, okay, you had one good game, but I, I need more and more, and I'll pick and choose what games you're going to play. But like, I think the Gale thing, uh, that's to me, that's going heavy over the team. The, good, the only good thing is, Billy, he came off when he was injured pretty quickly, didn't he, against, against Villa? Yeah, um, I think uh, the interesting thing is the first hamstring I've seen caused by a pregnancy complication. But yeah, uh, I but heard there that we go. I like, and, um, and 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 it's, it's just one of those things. But uh, I, I think we should possibly play Murphy. Because uh, yeah. I think Murphy's Murphy's more. He has a predator in him. He's a goal scorer, and I think I think we should unleash Mitrovic on um, on 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 you know uh, Reading or Huddersfield. I can't remember who we're playing next. It's, it's all of them, isn't it? It's, uh, and, no, it's Brighton tomorrow night. Who do, who do we play on Monday? Night. When do we play Huddersfield? Uh, it's, uh, um, Monday, isn't it? Oh, so it has to be Saturday. Reading's Monday. Reading's Monday. Do we play Huddersfield on Saturday and then Reading on Monday? I think, I do. think so. Uh, yeah. Be- Saturday in Redden on Wednesday. Um, right. Okay. Well, the good thing is their manager's banned. He's been banned tonight, so that could. Who's that? Uh, the Huddersfield manager uh, for oh. running to the end of the pitch, and uh, he got botched by uh, the Leeds manager. Uh, but oh, because he yeah, ran yeah. off the pitch. Oh, that's finally come to fruition. Yeah, exactly. Okay. Yeah. Because the thing is, it was nonsensical of him to run and to get involved. I couldn't understand why he went anywhere near Monk. But that's the thing about managers, you know, they they like to show something. They, like Mourinho, they all like to show a bit of something. I think it's an incredibly pressurised job. 
you got yeah, you got fifty thousand yeah. people trying to do their job better than them, you know. And mm. imagine getting a taxi driver for rougher, it must be absolutely murder, you know. Have a, have <laughs> so a read. Did. There's a book uh, called it's something like Living on a Volcano or something like that, mm. uh-huh. which is a quote from Arsene Wenger, and it's about a number of different managers at a number of clubs a week. We get a mention in it, and uh, mm. uh, the end of uh, Pardew, the end of Pardew's reign gets gets covered in it. Um, and it's a fascinating insight, particularly to the lower league managers. Some of the absolute mills they get dragged through, yeah, um, and, and how some of them genuinely come close to losing their sanity. Yeah, I think you're right. The prob- problem is we're in danger of sanitising football. A bit. I know there was a little hoo-ha about the pie-eating goalkeeper, but frankly, <laughs> yeah. he, he he was the minute Sun Betts got involved with that, I was thinking yeah. oh, there's, there's a problem here. And there, yeah. there was the problem, and he was just daft enough to get involved. But for the credibility of the game, the FA had to do something, mm. um, and the club had to do something. And, and I know there's a bit of bit of to and fro, and, and I had a little bit of to and fro with a couple of people on Twitter about credibility of the game, and the, people saying the game's lost its soul. But in mm. some respects, the game has lost its soul because do you know what it is? There's no better than watching a manager really giving it in the face of an opposition bench. When exactly. you know in a pressure game, and I think yet we're not allowed. Yes, I understand these. Some of these guys are role models. Yes, I understand they're playing to a much different audience, much much different audience, the one that we all grew up with in football. You know, uh, uh, what we call a little bit of handbags in the in the eighties is would be described as a full on brawl now. You know, you you just can't do certain things and, and in, in some ways the game's better for it but in, in other ways the game has just lost a little bit of that um, get in there you know what I mean mm. that ability okay. to turn around and release it um, and, and then it spills over and of course it spills over and there's ways to resolve these things but if if, if, if the Huddersfield managers had a little touchline ban as a result of that I'm all for mm. that mind yeah. Anything that does us any good, let's hope it does us some good. Uh-huh. Exactly. Thanks for coming on, Bill. It's been an absolute pleasure to have you on. <laughs> Cheers, Andrew. Really Take wonderful. Care. Thanks for all the insight. I do appreciate it. We'll, we'll have you back on again soon. Thanks, Bill. Thanks okay, very much. Yeah. Magnificent. Thank, Thank you. you. Cheers, Bill. It's great to have Bill on, isn't it? Gives it to you, whatever, whatever it is. <laughs> I love it. I love it. There's so much for our community in the, in the, oh, in the northeast. Oh, so yeah. much through many of the connections he uses. Um, uh, always looks after me dad when he calls in to see him at the Irish Centre. Um, you know, really seriously super bloke. One of the real gems in the North East is Bill. And I mm. mean that. I say that as his friend mm. as well. I'll be, I'll be very open. He's, 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 him and Steve Hasty, mm. we did, we've done a lot through in fans groups of one form or another together. And they're very good friends and I kind of speak highly in front of them. Yeah, great stuff. Well, and being our next caller this evening, uh, it's Lee Johnson. How are you? Andrew, I can't believe you never led, led me on there saying, speaking of real gems in the North East. <laughs> I lost my word for you a second there. Gem. Gem, I read. <laughs> Mix a midget, a midget gem, but like, um, <laughs> so how are you? I'm all right. Yeah, good, Andrew. So I saw I saw Lee actually in town the other week, and he just really? looked so happy with his mates, even though Newcastle weren't playing. <laughs> exactly, I. Exactly, I. No, so, it was just the lead up to the Villa game. <laughs> yeah, it was. I think it was. I think everybody thought that it was going to be, you know, the, a big game against Villa, and pretty much a, a you know run of the mill 
uh, victory against Crystal City. But what was your thoughts on the Villa game? And then we'll get, obviously get to the, the the downward thing with um, Bristol City. We didn't play particularly well against uh, Villa, but we got the job done. Mm. Um, I suppose you could probably say we played in a similar vein against uh, Bristol City on Saturday. Villa was very satisfying, especially when Henry Lansby scored that one goal. Yeah, pretty um, <laughs> you know, and it, we You know, we got the three points. Um, Saturday... Well, yeah, I, I mean, it depends how two ways you can look at it. I mean, 2-0 down, 3.45, would you took a point at half-time? Yes, I would have, because we, we weren't be playing very well at all. Um, when he, certainly, I think Matt Ritchie, Matt Ritchie was one of the standout players. He's he worked there on Saturday. It was absolutely ridiculous. I still played well. Shelby was busy, but everyone else was a little bit low-key. Um, but, again, if you look at it in a positive light, we've actually discovered over the last couple of weeks how to get points out of nothing. Mm. Where we have we haven't kind of done that this season. We've either won a game or we've lost a game. So it could be a good trait to pick up. Um of course he wanted us to get three points on Saturday. I had a feeling that Brighton or Huddersfield would drop points Saturday looking at their fixtures and one of them bloody did, but then we mm. we kinda of messed up our own game. Um but that's been our problem when we played teams like your Bristols, like your Blackburns, like your Wolves. We've start, we, we don't start on the front foot in these games for some mm. reason. I don't know why. Where I think if we go at them, we'll overrun them. But I don't know if the manager's just... A, I'm not, not slightly cautious. I, I, yeah. don't know if the team, I don't know if the team turns up like the fan base because sometimes I'm going up the game or I'm reading predictions and I'm seeing threes and fours and it doesn't head in. I'm just like, oh my God, not threes, fours, fives. It, it doesn't work like that. This isn't FIFA on amateur mode. Um, you know, teams are going to come to St James's Park and make things difficult, aren't they? Teams are going to do that. It's yeah. for a lot of for a lot of teams. It's a cup final when they come to St James's Park. Um, so, in the end, I, I would say it was a point gained. But in rea- reality, yes, of course, it's two points lost. But it could be a positive. You know, at the end of the day, if we finish the game as we did Saturday and take that into tomorrow night, where I. I genuinely think we're better suited away from home. Mm-hmm. And when it's come to the big games this season, home and away, I have to say it, we've been on key every time because I just think the players realise they have to be on point in these particular games where sometimes if their levels are a little bit less than their best, we can win games. But I think Rafa and his staff will have us on point for these games in the next mm-hmm. in the next, uh, next seven days. I think the word I like the word that you said there when Newcastle play at home, they're cautious. Why are we cautious, Neil? We should be absolutely going at these at these teams, hammering them. And yes, Bristol. And the thing was actually, wasn't it? Before the game started, uh, people were saying, "Oh, that striker, Willie Abramson, that was um, he was he was injured. He wasn't going to play." Then holy moly, he makes a miracle recovery, scores the first goal. Look, we we. We, we've said this a lot before the season started, that we're everybody's cup final, particularly at St. James's. At St. James's, some of these players are never going to play at a ground that size, that full, ever again. And if you can't be inspired to erase your game by that, mm. there's a damn good chance you shouldn't be a professional footballer. Mm. And that's what we've got to deal with. And I suspect that's why we're cautious. We know this. 
Mm. Teams come up the traps at work. First 10 minutes, all important. I know these are football cliches, but very, very right. And in our case, very, very true. And we just, we've got to roll with this. We've got to, to understand that um, these teams are going to come up with. Um, and we've got, we just don't seem, at the minute, to be able to learn how to deal with it, which is exceptionally irritating. Yeah, I was going to say, Lee, when, obviously we say cautious, but it's funny, isn't it? As soon as you come out in the second half, and we know we've got to do something, we know we've got to put them under pressure, it's, you know, it's it's a full-on attack. Like, so, where, where you would think, if they if they see the fact that they've dropped two points at home, and, but they've gone for the opposition, you would think that would you, that would click in, okay, well, we need to do that for, for 90 minutes. I think, I, I think the thing is, Andrew, I think, uh, Rafa plays to percentages, so mm, okay. if you if you remove the first two goals, which as far as I'm concerned, one it looked offside to me. I sit pretty much in line with it, and I thought the defence were up. And two, the second goal is a mistake. Something else was creeped in our, which has just crept in our game the last couple of weeks. So percentages wise, we would have if they, those goals don't happen, they did unfortunately. But if those goals don't happen. We would have eventually ground them down and scored the first goal, in my view. But if football doesn't work like that. But every game we play, we set up where defensively we will be strong and look to get the first goal. And if we do get the first goal, I think probably nine times out of ten this season, we'll probably went on and won the football match. Mm. But unfortunately, in the last couple of weeks, we've made a few individual errors, which have cost goals. And hopefully that's something that's going to disappear within the next couple of weeks. But... I don't think it's necessarily cautious. I, I just think sometimes we we look to get a feel for the game, and once we get a feel for the game, that's when we'll then go for the attack or go for the kill. If we get the first goal, then we get stronger. But if we concede the first goal, obviously we've seen this season, we haven't came back into many games, something which we've done recently, which, like I said, that could be a positive, given the run of fixtures we've kind of got coming and things like that. Yeah, I was going to, obviously it brings up the mistakes that a couple of mistakes that Darlow's done. I, I love the guy as a as a player. I think he's going to be a top top keeper. In fact, he is a top top keeper. But um, the one thing we both noticed, and I'll get to you in a minute, Lee. But um, Neil is that the communication um, at the back seems to be non-existent. That doesn't seem to be able, like Darlow doesn't seem to talk a lot. And I must admit that you, obviously afterwards people are called, starting to call for a guy who is very, very expressive in talking. I think Darlow's better keeper than him, but uh, you know the, it sounds like um, I don't. I, I'm not going to say that Rafa wants to bring in Elliot in, but he, he obviously has the benefit of him of putting us the number two on the bench, but because mm. he is good for the dressing room. What's your What's your thoughts? Is is, is time coming that? Um, with three big games coming up that he might look to bring in Elliot? Might. Um, he's not frightened to drop anybody. Mm. Um, I think Lascelles is under pressure. I don't think he's playing terribly well at the minute either. Mm. Um, I personally, I've said on Twitter the day that I think the game tomorrow night may be made for Grant Hanley. He's not pretty, but he's a fighter and he knows where Rosette is and that might be what we need. Um, I'd rather have him clogging it into the stands than the cells trying to do something clever and falling over his own feet again. Mm. So um, I think Dumit has put himself under pressure. Whether there was a, it certainly sounds like there was a distinct lack of communication between him and Darlow at the weekend. Mm. Um, 
the trouble is with keepers, as we saw with Darlow at Norwich, um, invariably if they make a mistake, the ball ends up in the back of the net. There's absolutely no way to hide as a keeper. And he still, as keepers go relatively young keeper, it might be time under the pressure to think about bringing Elliot in, but Elliot's not played in, with his back four. So that raises alarm bells for me. And I'd also <coughs> question, um, what does that then do to Darlow's confidence? Because mm-hmm. I tell you what, it will not see Sells again this season, I don't think, and Sells' confidence must be all over the place. And he come in as one of the so-called best keepers in Belgium. Me? I, I personally wouldn't be chasing. I wouldn't be changing Darlow. Um, I'm, you know what? You know what it is with him. Uh, uh, yes, he's, since Norwich, he's made some. He's made some mistakes. I, I mean, I, for me, although people, people have kind of said fifty-fifty. Um, I, I thought it was it was entirely his fault on Saturday on that second goal. You know, Dummett was watching the ball coming over his head. The ball was was going out out of play. It wasn't going towards his box. And uh, although Darlow had to move off his line. To get himself in the, well, it would be the left-hand corner of the box. He's literally right in the left-hand corner of the box. I really don't know where he was going. Um, and he got himself in such a, a muddle that, you know, that, which in my view caused that goal. And then five minutes later, he actually ended up on the right-hand side of the box where he nearly did exactly the same, but we got away with it. And I, I don't know what's happened over the last couple of weeks. I don't know if that Norwich thing's just, you know, affected his comms. His box management hasn't been very good over the last couple of weeks, I'll say for that. But he still does something that I like, Neil and Andrew. He mm. comes and gets crosses. Mm. He comes and gets crosses. Yes. And crosses are coming into the box. He comes and gets crosses. We've never had a goalkeeper come and get crosses for mm. a long time. And when balls are being pumped into our box, when the pressure's on, I like the fact he comes and actually commands. Although in the last couple of weeks, like I said... It's more his box work that's concerned me. Has been his groundwork, his feet, and things like mm. that, and where he's been putting himself. But as for coming and taking crosses, I have no problem with him, and that's why I'd keep him in there because ultimately in the championship, a lot of teams try and bombard your box. Mm-hmm. That's what they try and do. They try and they try and load your box when when the pressure's on. So I'd I'd keep him in there for that particular reason. The, the rule of thumb I found with Rafa: if you make two errors in a short period of time. He brings you out. I think you'll bring him out and put Elliot in. I yeah. don't know. I don't know, Andrew. Because just with goalkeeper, I think goalkeepers are sometimes a little bit different than outfield players. I think so. I'd agree. Uh, mm. I can't see him just suddenly, suddenly pulling one like that. I mean, no. I, he, do you know what? He's not frightened to do anything mm. like that. No, no. Yeah, yeah. Uh, yeah. I, 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 I just think, I think it. Rudis, that's the that's the thing of. Well, look, he. You know. Uh, you know, again, what's his uh, the the captain, the cells makes makes a it's interesting that Lascelles has a strong game the other week, and then we were absolutely getting caned again. You know, I think it was was it Norwich. The, the yeah. team were all over the place. They were lacking bottle. They were lacking everything, and then you know, and it, that's the thing. He comes out and it doesn't take much to unhinge that Newcastle defence, which is surprising considering. The amount of times that they're playing again, I think Neil may have it right, but I, I can't see him bringing. I, th- I, I can't. I can't see him bringing Hanley on because that's you no. Know, that's what he does. He drops the cells and he brings Hanley on, and you know we haven't seen Gomez. You know we haven't seen Lazar actually have we for a while. I thought Lazar might be coming on for a bit, but that's the thing. You, I think Lazar brings you brings your pace. Like if something does go wrong. But um, I think I with Darlow, that's two points down, yeah? 
is he defensively as solid as yeah. Dummett? We haven't seen that. We haven't seen that. Although Paul Dummett doesn't give you a lot going forward, he does the job he's asked to do. I keep mm. saying it all the time. Defensively, yeah. he's solid. And in this league, you have to be defensively solid. You have to be competitive. Maybe mm. maybe this league's not made for someone like Lasars. At the end of the day, defensively this season, our record's been good. Over the last couple of weeks, mistakes have crept in. Yes, communication has been not at its best, but these are little things that we're going to work off. But in reality, right, although people are saying we're having a wobble, the last mm. time we lost was at Blackburn. That was the last mm. time we lost. And people just keep picking on the fit. Newcastle's form isn't too good. Well, really, is it? Mm. Is, is it is it bad? I think if you look in comparison with uh, Brighton and Huddersfield, I, I think we'll be probably within the top three in the league in terms of in terms of form. Mm. So it's there. We have it in us. We've said it many times on here. Sometimes I'll still maintain that. I still think at times this season we still haven't hit what I would class as top form. And if we can just find it, I was uh, it was mm. interesting listening to Rafa the day. Um, they were asking a question about these games coming up, and I didn't realise this, but he said, he mentioned something about, well, I think the month of April is going to be more important. Do you know we've got seven games in April? Seven. How well? Seven games, that. he said. He said we've got seven games in April, which leads us into, leads us into obviously, the last week of the season in mm. May. That's what he said, and I was like, Christ, so if we mm. can, you know, that, you know, every... You know what I love about love about it now, right? And I, of course you want to be like 12, 13, 14, 15 points clear, but mm. like on Saturday when we were 2-0 down and we got that first goal, my pulse was racing. Mm. I was like, come on, let's get back mm. in this. We're going to win this now. And with these two games coming up, my pulse is racing. And that's what mm. I want. That's what you want. Mm. You want big games. In this, in this league, these are massive games coming up. And that's what you want as a fan. These are the games you live for. And I think those players will be that it'll be it'll be exactly the same. I think they'll be st- stood there. There'll be people like Rich, you know, that who's been outstanding mm-hmm. the last couple of weeks. He's graphing all that. They, we'll, we'll be we'll be ready. Man. We'll be ready. We'll be ready for these games. We'll be ready for these games. Uh, Steve Hasty's on the line now. Uh, Steve, is your pulse racing? Maybe not. <laughs> <laughs> so, uh, Steve, are you there? Steve Hasty. Maybe he's gone. Um, okay, so I, th- I think you're right about the pulse racing. Um, I'm, I'm, I'm sure that um, I think it's three games, though, isn't it? Three games in a week, isn't it? I think we've got the next three games are away. Um, we what would you? Yeah, Neil, I think he's right. Lee's right when it comes to pulse racing. I, I do, I do worry about Brighton. Though you know they've got that knockabout, and uh, but some of the some of the goals have been scoring. Like you know the first goal they scored, um, um, in the first goal like they scored was something out of nothing, wasn't it? It was one minute it's in the box, next minute it's you know it's it's not there and it's in the back of the net. Great stuff, wasn't it? Neil? Was, but you know we're capable of scoring goals like that too. Um, I was speaking to. to, to one of the Brighton lads over here this morning, um, and he says the consensus of opinion amongst their fan base is they'll be happy with a point against us. Mm. You know, um, and, and he he is not convinced that they've got enough to last the season out in the same way that they will peter out in the end. He sees Huddersfield as the main threat to them, but I would suggest um, that uh, Huddersfield or even in an even worse situation because there's going to be speculation about their manager constantly mm. and there's no way their squad's going to last out. Mm. I know you've got a part in a second, um, uh, Neil. Um, 
Is Steve Hayes, are you there? I am, hello. Right. So is your pulse racing like Lee's is and everybody else's for the next three games coming up for Newcastle? No, no, my pulse isn't racing. I'm sitting here thinking, this is great. That's what I mean. That's what I meant by pulse racing. I love excitement. I love big games. No, my pulse is racing because I love big games and these are big games. Exactly. So what was your... Well, obviously, you saw the two games this week, and you know you, you go. We get the result we wanted against against Villa, and we had the, you know the, the situation with Lansbury, and then the Lord Melsh. You know we play against Bristol City, and it's flat as a pancake. And but you know leading up to it, everything's quite positive. We've got the food bank coming in, and everything seems to be going well with that. Um, it's I think it's it seems to be other clubs seem to be wanting to do that as well which it's, it's again a positive and, but it's funny isn't it it's only that when, they, when the Geordies start on the march to get things done that people uh, want to do similar elsewhere yeah I mean the, the, take the food bank first before we get into the game I mean it, it, you know the, the, I must admit we, we got the idea uh, through the supporters trust from the guys at Liverpool who together with Everton have been uh, running a, a food bank collective for uh, about a season now it also happens up in Scotland. Glasgow Rangers run a food bank collection. Celtic run one. Um, so, you know, there are clubs dotted around out there. But we've we've taken them out. I think there have been, been collections at, at, uh, at Sunderland in the past. I just maybe it's one-offs, but I'm not too sure. But, uh, no, no, we've, we've, you know, we, we had the idea. We showed the eye Daniel Blake film. That captured a lot of people's imagination. Uh, we ran the food bank again on Saturday for the second time, and we're going to carry on every Saturday game. Uh, until the end of the season, we've raised five ton of food. We've collected over two and a half thousand pounds. Uh, and to put that into perspective, a ton of food probably is worth about two thousand pounds, according to the guys at the food bank. If you are buying it off the shelves at a Sainsbury's or a, one of other other leading supermarkets, so you work that out, and uh, you know you're talking probably twelve thousand pounds worth of produce has been handed over by Newcastle fans over the last two games. Um, plus two thousand pounds in in cash, um, which is absolutely fantastic. I mean, uh, I was called up to the ground yesterday uh, to pick up uh, eight boxes of produce that have been collected by the staff at St James's Park. Um, staff uh, right across the board, you know, in in every avenue and every quarter of the football ground, who have been collecting um, and donated uh, donated products. So I've got those products. They're now sitting in my. Uh, in my passage at home, and uh, I need to get those uh, taken up to the to the food bank tomorrow. So again, fantastic gestures, um, and it, it was great on Saturday. I mean, I, I spent most of my time on Saturday walking around the Tyneside Irish Centre selling raffle tickets, um, and we raffled a programme that had been framed and mounted by a young 13-year-old girl called Fiona, which was absolutely amazing. We raised 140 pound from that. We raised an extra £20, so we it up to £160 by the time I added two £10 notes that had been given to me during the week from some visitors I had at work from uh, Turkey. Who uh, One was a Galatasaray fan and one was a Fenerbahce fan. They managed to keep themselves uh, uh, fairly civil between each other all week and then uh, handed over some cash at, uh, while we were out for a drink on Thursday night because they thought it was fantastic what Newcastle fans were doing, you know. So I wouldn't be surprised if, the, if football clubs uh, overseas started doing exactly the same thing. 
Um, so it's great. I mean, and, and it shows the, the sort of depth of feeling that people have in the Northeast for uh, wanting to help others. Um, yeah. So, it, it, you know, I, 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 can't, I can't praise the Newcastle supporters enough, you know, uh, mm. for what they're doing uh, towards the food bank. And I'm hoping that we can carry on and keep the momentum going and support those people okay. uh, in the Northeast who, uh, who need, the, need the use of, the, uh, of calling upon the, the facilities that the food bank has to offer uh, now and again. Yeah, and what's it like for you, Lee? Because obviously you've got a young family, and you're taking your child to the to the game. And um, when you when you talk, does he ask about the food bank? Are you getting in, are you getting involved in that type of thing? Are you talking to him oh, about think, what it means? I mean, well, I work for I work for um, well, you know, I work yeah. for the section. I work for <laughs> yeah. the section of Gator Council, so we're mm. heavily involved with the food bank and Gator itself. Um, and obviously, I think it's a common theme where. You know, in the northeast, uh, it's certainly well. There's a lot of people who's definitely relying on it, so I think it's a great idea. It's a great idea. I, I think George is a little bit too young, Andrew. He doesn't really understand. He's only <laughs> six at the moment. He's just yeah. he's just starting to pick up his football there because he. When we got back to two one on Saturday, it was the first time this season where he said, "Was Dad, we need one more goal on the level." And I thought, right, he's starting to crack it. Mm. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> no, it takes no, a while. Yeah, it takes a while. Though. It's a it's a good it's a good uh, no it's a, it's like like within Gates said uh, with me working for the section that I do and things like that you get some sadly you get some ungenuine people who come in and I think mm. they misuse it but a lot of the people that I see and things like that certainly do need the the support and help of things like this. Yeah, I remember when I when I came back from the US and you know fundamentally I had nowhere to live, and um, I think when you you go to these food banks and. I've Probably you probably didn't know this, Lee, that I did go to one, but um, I went to the office of the Gator, then I went to the food bank, and um, I didn't... It's interesting, actually, when you see people go in uh, to, to these places, like, I, I'm always, you know, I'm not going to say I wear a shirt and tie everywhere, but I always become prepared. And it's interesting, if you come prepared in, you know, for, for years, I always keep being told, oh, you go there, you show a bit of tears, you get everything you want. And when I was there, there was lots of people from obviously different countries going in there. And fundamentally, you, you could always hear them saying, oh, well, I heard I, I can get this if I do that, if I get there, if I get this. And it's funny, when I went there, because I was prepared and I had everything ready to go, um, you know, they they do appreciate when you, you come there and you are ready. You are, you've got all the answers. You, you know, you, if you're not sure, you ask. And when they said, oh, fill in this form, you can go to the food bank. And then afterwards, um, you know, you can... Um, pay, you know, they'll they'll get you money to to get you a um, um, what do you call it, a, a bed type thing, and so there, there is there is in, in nature people trying to help people, but uh, you know that's the thing. It's it it's until you go to these food banks and you really find out, you know, that the kindness of the people from this area who will who are prepared to to put themselves out for you and get you somewhere to live and even the the guy the Bellevue Estates in on Lowfell High Street um, for people who are veterans you know yeah he did you know he said I'll give you a house and then once the housing benefits are organised it can be taken care of so I, I think that the issue is always going to happen now with uh, with Brexit now you're going to find that uh, food prices are going to go up. So these food banks, essentially, Steve, is they're going to become an even. You're going to find that more and more people are going to need them. Well, it's it's a it's a it's an indictment on the on the country that we are living mm. in at the moment that people mm. actually need to rely on something like a food bank 
I mean, the, the support that the social services, um, the support that the, uh, what we used to call the dole officers are, are able to give out, and they actually refer people now to food banks. You know, that's the way that the system operates. It's, it's become, for a lot of people, it's become the last chance saloon for them in terms of being able to get them. And there are an awful lot of people who, uh, I think they worked out that only 5% of people return to a food bank for the third time. Yeah. Uh, the majority of people ones, yeah. in this country, what people don't realise is that uh, I think there's some statistics that have been proved that something like 50% of the people in this country are only three missed paydays away from being destitute. You know, that's, mm. you know, the, 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 the savings that people don't, no longer have, um, you know, the, the price that they're paying for their, their rent, their accommodation, mm. whether it's a mortgage or whatever. The council tax, etc., etc., mm. and um, you know, I think it's a case of you know, needs most. There's a lot of people mm. out there putting an awful lot of effort in to support people, and mm. at the same time, there's an awful lot of people putting an awful lot back who have been supported in the past. Mm. And I think that plus those who can can give, uh, you know, even a, a small modicum of, of assistance um, in the way of, of bringing a tin or one one or two tins up to the ground and we're seeing people bringing bags and bags of tins by the way mm-hmm. uh, of, of produce it's not just one or two items mm-hmm. you know um but we've had we've had girls walking up to open their handbags and you know two tins of, of tuna fish or mm-hmm. beans or whatever has come out the bag and say oh i was just passing the shops i thought i'd pick these up on the way i hope that's okay mm-hmm. we've had other lads have walked past and suddenly seen it and said you know what sorry guys forgot all about it but uh, here's a tenner and they stick a tenner in a box you know and you're going what hey lads thank you are you sure and it's like, no no but you're also getting a lot of young lads coming up you know people people give football fans a bad name at times they give young people a bad name they think that their, their chances they don't do anything they're wasting their time and effort and you're getting young lads coming yeah. up lads in their late teens to the early 20s and they're coming up with a bag of shopping, and they're going, there you go, we've, we've been to shops together, and we've, we've brought this for you, you know. And it's like, you know, it, it just it just turns on, turns you on your head, and you think, and you know, it, 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 it's fantastic. Uh, and nobody's nobody's demanding anyone does anything. It's purely voluntary. We're asking if if you ha- if you can uh, drop something in uh, on the table as as you're walking past, but don't worry if you can't. Um, yeah, but people yeah. have rallied oh. to the cause, you know, yeah. and it's fantastic. Yeah, I was going to say, it, uh, 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 gosh, mine's gone for a second there. Lee, when it, when it comes to um, what, what's your feelings for tomorrow night, do, do you, who do you think you'll bring in to the team? To Do you think it's time to, to take Mitra out again? Because, you know, he's in and out lately, and do, 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 with Gail not playing, he's probably going to go for one up front, uh, especially with Brighton. It was a massive chance for him on Saturday. Yeah, I agree. Um, yeah. I, I thought he was. I thought he changed the game against Villa on Monday night. Yeah, I he thought did. When Gail went off, he had a really good game, and I thought he yeah. he got us playing on the front foot. He was doing things correctly. He was doing things what you wanted to. We were actually hitting his chest instead of going over his head, and he was bringing people into play. And I think that's what that's what actually ultimately helped us get the result against Villa because we weren't particularly at it against Aston Villa initially. And I thought he made a big impact when he came on Saturday. Though, nah. He didn't. I mean, I'm I'm one of his well, not his biggest defenders, but I I read things and I'm like, give the lad a chance, man. You know, when we're going to need we're going to need him. We're going to need all hands on deck in the next couple of weeks, and he's going to be important. But he's got to do more. He he had to do more on Saturday. There was a couple of times where Astu got to the byline and we're, not just Astu, we played some 
absolutely wonderful balls between the channel of the goalkeeper and the edge of the six-yard box. And there was nobody any time flying in on the ball. And every time I looked, I looked for his position and he was on the bloody penalty spot. And I was thinking, just gamble. Fair enough if you don't gamble on one, but there was three or four really, really good balls. Um, and he didn't gamble on one of them. And he held back, he held back, and he did actually get a chance from holding back. Uh, Matt Ritchie found him uh, late second half where he, he took a shot and it actually hit the defender. But he's got to do more, Andrew. He has to do more. Mm. He's got to be more aggressive, but it's got to be challenged in the right way. He's got to, you know, he's got to link things better. Like he did against Aston Villa, he's got a big chance over the next couple of weeks because Gale mm. isn't going to be playing, but he might play Murphy, I don't know, but I, I have a feeling he'll stick with Mitrovic because he's been quite complimentary of him the last couple of weeks. And if he can maybe get a goal... It'll help his confidence, but he's got he's got to do more. He's got to gamble. I don't know if he's I don't know if he's better suited playing with somebody, Andrew. I, I yeah, I agree. I, I, I've always I thought that. A, yeah, I don't think he's a I don't think he's a, a he's a lone, lone man. man. Yeah, yeah, Neil, what do you think on that? Because I think we it's that's the thing about Mitchell. When he's motivated, he came on motivated, replaced Gale, and it worked. Mm. But when he starts, you get. You get uh, a guy that doesn't seem to the fry in the belly seems to be an on, ongoing theme, isn't it? Like uh, well, clearly what, what Lee said, yeah. I've heard this level of him before this season about him not gambling, mm. not being prepared just to go um, and take a chance that mm. the ball's going to come across. That might be partly when people refer to him as raw and young. They're talking about that he doesn't have the. the the, the full nouses to when to go and when when to stay, because um, some strikers get their goals by actually not moving, and knowing when not to move, uh, as well. Um, so he's it, frustrating. Um, does he need to play with a partner? Well, it suddenly as a fan base we seem to be obsessed with four four two, and it isn't <laughs> going to happen. So no, we're definitely not going to happen. That one. <laughs> um, and, and I think it's, he seemed early on that he wanted to play Diarmi and Gale mm. or Perez and Mitrovic. And I think what's, what seems to have led um, Mitrovic down is Perez has been equally as hit and miss. I was just going to say that. Can't he, rely, <laughs> he can't rely on playing both of them together because the first 20 minutes against Bristol is what happens. Who was atrociously? Perez, he was a Perez, yeah, getting love, yeah. Really, you need, they need to get him on the steroids. <laughs> <laughs> I think that's like, that's the thing is that you've got a lightweight. Allegedly, it doesn't work, does it? When you play <laughs> Perez and Mitrovic, it doesn't like Stevie. It doesn't seem to, it doesn't seem to work when you play play Perez and Mitrovic together. As been proved in the when we had in the Premier League. The problem with Perez is he he, he needs time. And he's, you're not going to get the time in this league. There aren't you straight away. He, he, he's not up for the physical battle. That's that's his big problem. Mm-hmm. Now going back, going to Mitrovic, and, and I, I hear what, what Lee's saying about you know gambling and taking that taking that front post or running in for you know uh, anticipating the cross. I tell you what, he could he would still be anticipating the crosses now because some of those crosses it. Where some people sitting, I think, must have thought those were absolutely pinpoint crosses coming across. They were right on level where I sit, and I can tell you now, the vast majority of them were at least eight foot above his head, right, mm-hmm. and and were hammered over with such force that 
he would have had to have been he would have had to anticipate about 20 minutes earlier for <laughs> to actually get to the to the mm. to where the ball was going to end there was at least three crosses in the second half that went out for throw-ins because the first bounce was somewhere between the 6-yard box and the 18-yard box um, and Richie was struggling, who was coming in at the far post, coming down the other wing to get himself on the end of those. And each time Richie was sticking his hand up going, oh, sorry, I didn't quite make it. But I tell you what, there was, there was one shot that Atsu had where it skimmed across the post, and every other time he just he didn't look up, he just hammered the ball with such force and hit it so far up in the air, it was absolutely ridiculous. And yet what he could have done was he could have, he could have just speculated, looked up, and he would have seen the guys coming in at the penalty spot because they don't have much pace and could have played the ball at them. And we said, time and time again, it just needed a stroll back, but instead it was just howard over and there was never, ever going to be either a Mitrovic or a Perez or a Ritchie on the end of any of those. Um, so this there's question's got to be asked about the delivery of the passes. Having said that, another problem Mitrovic has is that the man cannot jump. It is, yeah. He just cannot jump. His feet never come off the ground. I put on Twitter on, I think it was Monday night or Tuesday night. That was Tuesday, I think, I put up uh, on the NUFC Fans United website, uh, Twitter site. Does anybody think that Mitrovic would benefit from afternoon sessions with Alan Shearer yeah, from yeah, now to the I end agree. of the season to show yeah. him actually how to lead a line? Because since he's got into that team, other than once on, on Monday night, have I seen him have the ability to actually, when the ball's coming to them, to jump and flick it or chest it or knock it out to somebody who's coming down the wing. Like Shearer would do constantly to a, to a Rob Air, a Rob Lee, a Janola, um, or laying it off to a, to a, a target man alongside him in a, in a Les Ferdinand or a Duncan Ferguson you know, or anything like that. Um, or lay it back to a Rob Lee coming through the middle. Or, a, or, or to a Batty, or to a Lee Clark, or anyone. Shearer was the master of it. This bloke doesn't jump. I'm, I mean, I, I like Mirovic as a player. I, you know, I like him. I, mean, he's, I like the fairness. I like all that. But until, until he's actually coached and shown how to lead a line properly and bring other players into the game, which is vital for a striker, he's got to have that ability to hold the ball up. He's got to have that ability to lay the ball off. It's got to be into the channels. And then he's got to have the ability to then turn and move and be on that penalty spot waiting for the pass or the cross to come back in. And he's doing none of that. And Shearer was a master of it. He was also a master of when he got the ball and he saw space when there was nobody there taking it down the wing himself without us to the left or the right. Um, how many times do we see Shearer win corners just by simply going down there and then playing the ball off somebody's shins and thinking, right, that's the percentage mm. pass. Now I'm going to get in the box and I'm going to give him an opportunity for me or for Les or for one of the central defenders to come in and get a goal. That was what Shearer was good at. And you can also guarantee that Shearer would constantly be attacking the ball. Mitrovic never attacks the ball. Doesn't jump off the ground. That's Steve, the thing, Lee, Steve, isn't it? Lee, Steve, Steve, well, what he does, Andrew, honestly, Steve, Steve what he does, he, you notice what he does, like when he's, um, he's too busy looking at the defender. Yep. He looks at the defender mm. for, I reckon, a good five seconds as the ball's travelling towards him. Definitely. Instead of concentrating on the ball coming towards him, because Shearer used to just put his arm behind him and feel. Shearer used to feel the defender. He didn't used to. He didn't used to clap eyes on the on the defender. He always used to feel the defender, feel the defender, and concentrate on the ball coming. But he has a tendency to look towards the defender 
and continue to look towards the defender, and then the ball's literally on him, and he's jumping into the defender. <coughs> instead he's of doing it while he's standing still as well, Lee. He is as well. Instead of making himself an arch and holding the defender off with his two arms, because he's a big lad, he's a, and if you're hitting balls at his chest, the defender's not going to get round him. But he spends most of his time looking at... He looks, he looks at the defender far too long for me. He should be feeling him. Sure, he's, I mean, remember that goal Shearer scored against um, Chelsea at home, Death IE, when he just felt him? Just felt yeah. him. Felt him, felt him, felt him, and then just moved rolled him. Rolled him, rolled him. Didn't look at him once. Didn't look at him once, Steve. Mm-hmm. Didn't look at him once. Mirovich needs to do things like that. And he's right about... Steve's right about getting the ball in, laying it off to people, and then getting in the box. But it's, it's too slow. It's, mm-hmm. it's not... It, he, and he can be aggressive. I mean, Steve Steve he can't jump there. Last season, last season, I seen him jump above Yedlin, right in front of me. And he was about three, four, five foot off the floor when he scored against Summons. So he really can do it. But like mm-hmm. I said, I think he spends far too much time looking at, the, um, looking at the defender instead of concentrating on the ball that's coming towards him. And by the time he turns round, it's either above his head or he's, get, or he's fouled the defender because he's concentrating on fighting with the defender instead of thinking about the ball. I think, um, Neil, I think he would love Alan Shearer to come back in maybe once or twice a week, whatever it is, to be with the strikers because it, fundamentally, Daryl Murphy, I think, has been brought in to be the more the finished article to show possibly uh, Mitrovic what to do. But I think the presence of Alan Shearer in there, getting amongst them, but I think it's too late, Neil. Well, you know, you know what I, I, I was probably guilty of saying that about Shola being around Shearer for a long mm. time. I mm. think Shola should have, should and could and should have learned a lot more off of Alan mm-hmm. uh, in his time in the club. Um, look at anybody like that coming back in, and I think as a as a club, we don't use our ex players and people mm. who've got a feel for the club to the full extent that we should. Mm. Um, and I think having you know, a, a dream scenario of someone like him coming in to work with Mitrovic. Mitrovic, unless he's absolutely, genuinely as thick as mints, couldn't fail to learn from Shearer. He, be, he should be clamouring to learn his trade um, because he, he does have the physical attributes, you know, in many ways that Shearer had. Mm. And so he should be able to use them. And if he can't use them, somebody should be able to try and teach him how to use them better. And he's right about, you know, spending too much time looking at the defender, probably thinking about clobbering him, mm. when he should be just worrying about the ball and feeling where the defender is and knowing where, you know, having a bit more game awareness and awareness of what's going on in your surroundings. It therefore also makes him easier to mark for a defender. If he's more worried about where you are, he's easier to mark. Somebody said to me uh, on Twitter, somebody replied and said, uh, it'll never happen because uh, Shearer um, had offered, offered the opportunity mm-hmm. to the club and the club turned it down. Now, my argument to that is it doesn't have to be the club, you know. There's plenty of players out there that do things on the, off their own bat, you know. Turn around. I've got all afternoon. Turn around and say to, to, to Alan or to another another proven mm. Premier League striker of the past turn around and go you know what I'll pay for you myself it'd be worth it it'd be worth it worth your weight and gold to just say could you know contact them so can you come and give us some 
point us from fear. It doesn't have to be every single week when mm. he could come up for a couple of days and you could be paying for it. If it's down to money and there's people are saying, oh, the club wouldn't pay for it, the club's mm. fell, not falling out with year and all that, a lot of rubbish. No, the, it doesn't necessarily have to be the club that has to do it. The player himself can, mm. can, can arrange. I mean, you, you know, plenty of players do it. They can all, they can all find and pay for people to show them how to play snooker, you know, all that type of stuff. Why not Why not pay for a coach? Pay for someone who's going to actually help you in your professional game. It doesn't have to be something that you're only going to learn in the morning off whoever's running around, whether it's John Carver or somebody on the training pitch, you know, from years ago, you know, or, you, you know, or one of the current coaches. Pay for, a, pay for yourself. Get out there in the afternoon when you're doing nothing. Get in Shira's garden. You know, when she was at home, go to his, go to his garden, or get him the, into your garden and get him to show what, what can and can't be done. Get in the gym and throw balls and show how to back into a punch bag or something like that, or swing the punch bag in the air and have him trying to dodge it. And You know, all these type of things. I, I just find it, you know, yeah, you're right. professionals who, have, who are lacking so much in that mm. game, why don't they, why don't they go out and and, and seek He's the coming. advice yeah. rather than wait for the advice to be handed to them on a plate? Well, so just let me sorry, sorry gents, let me bring in my next caller this evening. It's Chris Chris Parry. Chris Parry oh, okay. calling from Texas. Good evening, Chris. Good evening, guys. How are you doing? Well, we're in the middle of talking about um, Newcastle's last two games and the never-ending story about Mitrovic and. Uh, we're now talking about Alan Shearer. Uh, would it not be good to get him involved in Newcastle United? What, what's your thoughts on most of them well, subjects? I, I mean, there's no doubt that Alan Shearer is one of the most successful goal scorers and goal poachers and just, I mean, just goal magnets that uh, that we've seen in the English game. I mean, the, 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 absolutely he'd be able to uh, definitely give some knowledge to some of these guys who don't seem like they can hit the broadside of a barn right now when they're in front of the goal. Uh, but I don't know, guys. It just doesn't seem like the game has changed. Like, you don't have the only real – I know this is going to this is gonna be, like, almost blasphemous, but one of the only real goal poachers that I see in kind of an old-school way is Defoe. If you give him a shot, he's going to score. You know, he's he, – I mean, it just – you know, like Jamie Vardy was kind of like that last year. Not so much this year, this season, obviously. But last season, if he had any opportunity at all, he was going to put it in the back of the net. Now he has no confidence whatsoever. I just – I don't know what separates the guys that can do – well, obviously dollars is what separates them because if you can do it, you get paid. That's why so few peeps or so few strikers uh, get paid that way because that's what it's all about is scoring goals. Gale, for let's be honest, for most of the season has been that guy. He's been able to find a way to score goals. I think it's amazing, gentlemen, that Newcastle is in the position that they are considering they haven't had Gale for as long as they've had. Because we talked about it, remember, before the Christmas breaks, that if they lose Gale, they're in deep trouble. And they've somehow been able to cobble enough of, of results together without losing to still be in this thing, and hopefully Gale will come back healthy because he does seem to be the guy – that you know, is that goal poacher, the guy that's going to find the back of the net, who's not going to miss. In uh, the professional game, gentlemen, you know, it's, it's, <laughs> you only get so many chances. You've got, to put, you've got to put them away. I think they're creating like 18 to 20 chances a game. I, I do like what uh, your caller was saying, like put punching bags or something where they're being smacked into where they're trying to shoot. Maybe go outside the box because clearly – Right now, and it's been going on for, I'd say, a while, especially in Newcastle, Newcastle players have a hard time controlling the ball in tight quarters. You know, in, in the box, 
things break down because nobody seems to be able to be able to move the ball and, and create their shot. Uh, the one guy who did, let's uh, let's be honest, was Townsend, and they let him go. Yeah, you know, they let him go to uh, to Crystal Palace and tried to get him back. He's a guy that could create a shot in a box, could could move, you know, could, could create some space. Right now, unless it's on a platter, it doesn't seem like Newcastle players are are, are putting the ball in the back of the net. Yeah. Hmm. Um. Well, he's just sort of summed it up, really, for me. Mm-hmm. Uh, I, I don't. Know I just summed it up. <laughs> I think is are you are you worried? I think is now we're getting to the stage now that we are. I think what Lee said earlier says like he's pumped up. These are the games. It's the fans are always we're always there. We're always ready on. we but the worry is that you know, all these with, with the fact that they've let's let's not make song song or dance about it. When you when you take Gale out of that team and it's been numerously all over the media like at the. You know the players have been coming to the uh, talk to media. Like they really miss having Gale there because he takes away the X factor, the goal, the bo- the goal over the side. Uh, every time when you take him out of the team, Shelby obviously has is a big role in that in that team. But when he when he's not on it, um, you know they need somebody the leaders in that team to to. to to get the team together and bring it forward, and when you got the forward, like I don't, I don't think for any any money in China that he'll play Mitrovic tomorrow. I'll be astonished if he plays Mitrovic tomorrow, just on the fact that he he if he had if he had brought the team back and scored a goal of something really of a magnitude, I think against Brighton you're gonna you're gonna need pace because you you know you got a knockabout who can who can go past players. Any at any given time, but we need a response. And I must admit that one game tomorrow and the three games that we've got coming up, um, if he's not going to change it, he's not going to go two men up front. Uh, I, I am worried. I am worried about these three games, Lee. Well, well Andrew, I, I, I'll just take you back. Every game we've played this season against the top sides, we've been good. We've been very good. Mm-hmm. You know, they always raise their game. You're right. Yeah. Yeah, they always raise their game whenever it's whenever it's when it's the time. Yeah, we've been on every time we've played a top side, we've been on point. Uh, if we can find anything that resembles the performance that leads away, which I still think was our best performance this yeah, season. It was, yeah. Yeah. Um, and again, it was away from home, and most of our best performances this season came away from home. Ultimately, Andrew, we're playing at Brighton. Brighton themselves aren't going to sit back and let Newcastle just dictate the, the play. They will try and play. And I think we're better suited when teams try and play against us. And if we can get a positive result at Brighton tomorrow night, that heaps huge pressure on Huddersfield on Saturday. Mm-hmm. Huddersfield can only get one kind of result, result on Saturday against Newcastle. They have to come and beat us. And when teams come to try and beat us, we can try, we can try and take advantage of that. Uh, you know, we, we, we have a good side. We have a good side in this league. That's why we've been pretty much top most of the season. And like I said, everyone's saying we're not playing particularly well. Yeah, fair enough. But we've been unbeaten, we've been unbeaten since Blackburn, so we're not doing we're not doing too many things just wrong. You just we, we just need a little bit we just need a little bit control. And if we can control the game from the off tomorrow night, if we can get the first goal, and if we can cut out them silly mistakes because silly mistakes have crept in our game the last couple of weeks, and I think they'll go. I do think they'll go. It's just one of those things. And as a fan. These are the games you live for. These are the yeah. games you want to be involved in. Regardless of the league, these are the top of the table clashes. These are the these are the key games, and I love games like this. And I personally can't wait for tomorrow night. And I bet Rafa Benitez can't wait for tomorrow night. These are the kind of games Rafa Benitez mm-hmm. likes to test himself in. 
and this is why he's staying in Newcastle United because he wants to get us out of the championship. Yes, it's got a bit tight, but I can't. I personally can't wait. I wish I was going to Huddersfield on Saturday. I decided to not go with it being half past five, uh, but I can't wait for games like this. This is what you live for, man. Yeah. No, guys, and I complete. I completely agree. I mean, this is what Newcastle fans have been wanting: not languishing at the bottom of the table in, in relegation in relegation three pointers all the time. Yeah. I mean, you always talk about, well, hey, let's let's get to the top of the table. Let's see what it's like. Well, this is what it's like. I don't care that it's in the championship. It's not in the Premiership. It's pressure. It's going out. It's doing the job. It's getting the three points, and that's it. And Newcastle, let's be honest, has not really been in this kind of a pressure situation except for trying to keep themselves in the premiership the last three or four years. Because the one time that they were up top and had a chance, remember, guys, to do something at the end, they completely capitulated against Everton. You know, I, you know, I mean, so I hate to say it, that's, that's the one time I remember Newcastle really felt that top-of-the-table mm. pressure, you know, was, was, what, four or five years ago under Pardue, and it was a complete disaster. Of course, it didn't matter because even if they'd have won the game, it's still, you know, things, results wouldn't have ended their way anyway. But I don't know, guys. I just, I'm like him. I'm excited. I think that this is what you want. This is why you play football. This is why, you know, this is what Newcastle want. They want to be able to prove themselves that they're the best team in this league. And this is the way you do it. Who would you, who would you play on, on uh, tomorrow, uh, Chris? Who, who would, you, would you play Mitrovic? I don't think you'll play him. I must admit, I'm, I'm convinced he won't play him, but... Uh, do you think he'll he bring in Murphy and he'll bring in um, what's that other Diarmi? Because that's what it looks like to me. Yeah, I don't do. think this is a Murphy. I don't think this is a Murphy game. I think Brighton is a team that likes to play possession, just like Newcastle. If he's going to go four three two five, if he's going to do only one striker up front, I wouldn't be surprised if it's a Yosi Perez, mm-hmm. a guy that uh, you know, kind of can get in the box and and hold possession. As much as Mitrovic is good at holding the ball up in long ball soccer, he's not really good in the possession game. Uh, Lee, who do you think who do you think will start? Who do you think will start on tomorrow? What Chris has just to be honest, what Chris has just said there, I don't know if people remember this, but we actually beat Brighton at St James's Park with Perez playing up front. Wasn't that the wasn't that like the thirty pass goal too against Brighton? It was the one, the the, the one that was like one of our best goals of the season. That was that was Ipswich. Ipswich. Oh, it was Ipswich. Okay. The reason why Perez had to play up front that day on his own, remember Gale and Mitrovic got injured uh, and yeah, got concussion true. in a cup tie? Yes. Yeah. So Perez, okay, yeah, yeah, Perez, yeah, yeah, yeah. Perez actually played up front on his own versus Brighton, and we absolutely tortured them at St. James's. It could have been anything they wanted to be, but I'd be surprised if he does play Perez up front on his own tomorrow night. Yeah, because he goes with what, they, he goes with what they, they play the last couple of games. And I think Perry's got a lot of stick, hasn't he? He's like, it's he's funny, isn't he? You would never thought he would have played him against Norwich, and he scores in the first minute. <laughs> yeah. Well, guys, so what do you think, guys, Steve? I hate to, I, yeah. Guys, I hate to, to, to cut my call short, but I got yeah. someone catching up to me on the course here. So, okay. Uh, Thanks, Chris. Hey, uh, good luck. I hope that uh, Newcastle gets the job done, and we'll talk next week. Okay. Take care, Chris. Yes, Cheers, man. Okay, Thanks guys. For, Andrew, cheers. Andrew. Cheers. I'm, yep. I'm going to have to do the same because I'm getting. That's all right. Don't worry. Wife. I'm getting called by the way to put you. All right, Lee. Don't worry. We'll catch you next week. <laughs> <laughs> Thanks very much. Cheers. See you later. Take care. Come on, come on. Come on. So, do you think Steve? Who do you think will play Steve uh, tomorrow night? Who, or who do you want to play in, in, up front? Right, he'll, play, he'll play Mitrovic up front. You think he will? Yeah, play Mitrovic up front on his own. He'll pack. He'll pack the midfield. He'll probably play the army. Um, when when we played Brighton in the in the reverse fixture, he was worried about the pace that Brighton had, and he said that he wanted uh, us to control the midfield. Uh, he wanted to be careful that they didn't catch us on the break. 
Um, he said that he thought that he had pace, and that's why he didn't play. Uh, that's why when, when Mbemba was playing at the time, he had Mbemba not pushing on. He told us that that was the reason why. He didn't want him pushing into the space, and he played a five-man midfield. Um, I think he'll do exactly the same. I don't know whether he'll play Atsu or whether he will or not. Um, I think there's every chance. I think that the injury to Hayden has kind of allowed Callback to come into the team, but Callback, mm. um, quite he? frankly, was, yeah. has been poor. Mm. Um, and he's been poor all season. I think he's... he's um, they can play him again, though, won't he? Slows, slows the game down yeah. uh, somewhat. And I think when you've got two midfield players that tend to slow the game down, uh, because you've got one in Shelby who's always looking for the, the king pass, he's always looking mm. for the... the, the, the Hollywood uh, ball. The, yeah. yeah, well, it's, it's, some people call it the Hollywood pass. He's always looking for a 40, 50 yarder because what he's trying mm. to do is he's trying to take the pressure off the back four mm. and he's trying to bring in the wide men and he's trying to switch play. Um, it's whether or not the wide men are quick enough and, and fancy enough to do anything with it. Um, I think we've got I think we've got the makings of what's going to be a very, very good game tomorrow. I think we've just got to keep it tight. And I think we can catch them on the break. I think the, the onus is on them to win. It's not on, on us to win. Um, even though they're sitting top of the league, they're the home team and everybody's expecting them to come at us. Um, I, think it's, I think it's going to be a fantastic game. I think it's mm. going to be a great advert for the championship. Um, where I think that we can, we are certainly good enough to uh, come away with uh, points, whether it's one point or three points. Um, it's, uh, you look at the game on Saturday and you look at the goals that we, we conceded. I mean, the first one, um, you know, there was a definite shade of offside about that. In fact, where we were sitting, we thought it was two yards offside when the ball was played. And then you see the second one where, you know, at the start, you look at Dummett and you think, well, he had two choices to make. One was to knock it out for a corner. The second one was to hoover into the stands for a throw-in. And then he all of a sudden he found a third option, which was to do a Stephen Taylor and put a diving header in to, to the goalkeeper, where the ball ended up on the corner of the box. And the goalkeeper, so far off his line, he comes sliding out and straight away into the goalkeeper, he was... He was worried and concerned that he was going to slide out the box. Mm. Um, and so he had that on his mind. And, of course, what did he do? <laughs> he let go of the ball and it went. Uh, mm. and, and it glorified into a tapping. So, um, you know, two nil down, two mistakes. Mm. Uh, one from the linesman, one from... Was it the goalkeeper? Was it was it the defender? Um, who's to say? Probably both of them. A lack of communication. Um, but uh, hey, we came back. We we played well. Uh, once we got into you know once we got into some semblance of a of a of a bit of a routine in the second half, uh, I thought we did. I thought we did well. There was only ever one team in it, um, and the, the you know we stroked the ball around well. We we got behind them time and time again. We sometimes our final pass just didn't come off. But the crowd got behind the, the team, and the support was fantastic in the second half. Um, and I, I think that we, we we seem to be one of those teams that, that can put performances in uh, away from home. Uh, our away form is absolutely fantastic, you know. So um, I think we, we look at it. If we can pick up points in the next three games, we can pick up points and take points off Reading, take points off Huddersfield, take points off Brighton. Where does that leave us? It leaves us, if we take one point from each, it leaves us exactly the same as where we were, uh, and it leaves uh, three less games 
to our target. If we can take three points off each of them, uh, yeah. then happy days. Yeah. Um, well, I've got to bring my next, my last guest. Did. Yeah, I've got to bring my last guest this evening. It's John. Right. Good evening, John. Good evening. How are you? I'm, I'm going to have to shoot off now. All right. Uh, no okay. problem, Steve. Okay, so I'll, Thanks, I'll Steve. Uh, give you, give you a free room with John. <laughs> and uh, we'll catch up with you next week. Yeah, thanks, thanks, Steve. Appreciate yeah. it. Thank you very much. Cheers, mate. Bye bye. Well, good evening, John. How are you? Good evening, Andy, Neil, Steve. I think I missed Steve. Anyway, so I asked him a question, but he's gone. So, so <laughs> <laughs> right, you'll be here next week. Don't worry. He's trying to avoid us, you know, because I've gone to England. You know what I mean? He was just hard enough for this guy. I've seen many a time, like. Many he tells how it like it is, and I yeah. love the guy. He's fantastic. Yeah. So tell me, what what, what do you think? Uh, obviously, the last two games, and obviously the conundrum of of the team selection, and we've got obviously big three games coming up. But um, what's been your take on the on the two games, and uh, the, obviously the, the upfront scenario? Um, well, we, I thought we scored um, two set piece scores sort of thing, and that one is just luckily the first score was just. Um, over the green with good friends sort of thing I mean the first um, like say half an hour I mean you started slow I mean our defence is all over the place you know I mean they could have got a goal up anyway and they had that chance and you kind of missed it low from mm. goal but it was a difficult chance really but um, you could have done a little bit more than that but uh, I've got, got the three points um, because um has got a good record at St James's anyway so I'm, I'm just glad we beat them and um Happy days. But on Saturday, I mean, the first half, honestly, it was just absolutely, in my opinion, embarrassing. It really was. I mean, it's just like a horror show. I mean, the first goal, it might have been, uh, I looked at it again, but um, it might have been just offside, maybe just off. But the second goal, I mean, this is not the first time Newcastle made, made mistakes in defence, do you know what I mean? I mean, like someone said, he could have a two years. I mean, Dobbs should have cleared out for a corner or four in. But they're just not talking to each other, sort of thing, you know? And it's costing us games, costing us points. And it's not the first time it's happened. It's happened against QPR. I mean, Darlow missed kit to acknowledge. And he just um, totally messed up um, on Saturday, sort of thing, you know? But I love him as a keeper. He's a great soft starter, but I only got to judge you what I saw on Saturday. And I thought he's absolutely poor. And so was coming. Yeah, I, I, th- I think because of the the games are coming thick and fast, and everything seems to be, every game is now being ramped up because the other teams are, you know, f- fast and furious um, mm. with the, on Newcastle. I think a lot of people, I think we did expect to have a bit more wiggle room, didn't we, Neil? I, th- I think um, now with the big games are thick and fast, and every game has been ratcheted up, and I think many of us just expected us to be in more of a an easier situation, but... I think it's, it's two things, though, Andrew, and, and Lee pointed it out. The last time we lost was actually Blackburn. Mm, yeah. And so, yeah. you know, you'd, you'd have to say, if if we're there for averaging win your home games, draw your away games, even and out, that wins you the league, usually. Mm. It's mm-hmm. the fact that, you know, Brighton and Huddersfield have both had incredible mm. runs. Uh, and, and, and it's credit to them. We kind of influence mm. what they're doing. We've just got to keep mm. doing what we do. And so far, we're doing okay. Yeah, mm. we're not pulling up trees, but also you've got to give credit to Brighton and, 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 and Huddersfield for putting in these, these ridiculous lengths of unbeaten games. Mm. You know, but, and, right. and you think you think Huddersfield have been on a cracking run 
And actually, they're not. I think they're only one point better off than they were before Christmas. Yeah, they've, they've lost a couple of games, haven't they? I've noticed that. In, so, it, you know, Leeds, yeah. we just have to sit tight and do. All we can concentrate is on what we do. That's the only thing we can blink and influence anyway. Mm. And just play, um, just play, just play our game. Don't worry about no opponents. Mm. Just play our game. Because if you, if you are about them, you are going to get beat. You know what I mean? Just we got we got a fantastic away record. You know what I mean as well. And uh, you know it's just um, passing the ball well and we're frustrating them. You know we're just playing well away from home. We just got to keep that one going. It's gonna be tough, but we just got to keep going. Yeah, I think that that I, that that's a the trouble. I think with I think the Gale scenario being out injured has very oh, much affected God. Newcastle. I think the fact that we even when the obviously when we won against Villa. You could tell there was something off because we weren't doing anything. And as soon as we went one up, obviously you, you brought Mitrovic in. You know, you think you think, oh, that's his breakthrough game, isn't it? Because if Gale's going to be out, and but then you then you get that performance, and that's the. I think the worry. I don't think the worry is away from home because, you know, yes, we're going to concede goals. The, the defense looks a bit wobbly, and I think I think Neil's right. I think sometimes when you have a player in Hanley. Back in that team, who is no nonsense, um, mm. you know they, they they should be changed. It could be a question of taking out. Um, you can't take out Kieran uh, Claw because he has been indispensable. He gets on every ball. But I think with Lascelles, uh, you know th- there is a maybe a, sometimes a crisis of confidence, and it seems to consume consume him a little bit. So there, there could be a, the fact that I think I want Murphy in there just to, to give us what we want from the team. Um, and you've got, you know, you've got Perez. What was your thoughts on Perez the weekend? Because, it, you know, he, 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 people are saying, well, you know, he shouldn't be in there at all because, you know, an in, in impact sub could maybe his best position. I mean, I've gone to Perez, say. I mean, for the whole of the game, he only had something like 18 touches of the bar, oh, wow. and that's not good. That's not good enough. Honestly, mm. it's not good enough. I mean, he had a he had a good chance anyway in the second half, I think. But he just wasn't really in the game in the first half. But he wasn't the only one. I mean, I thought the cells were scared of the ball. I mean, that lad up front is it? Aaron will be will, will Abraham, whatever his name is. Will Brown. Oh, fought mm. Abraham. He was. For 37 year old, right? I'm going to say this. I just hope Mitrovic watches that. He was absolutely class on Saturday evening. He was absolute class. I mean, not fun. He led the line superbly. He held the ball up. His movement was good. I mean, Mitrovic can't even do that. I mean, he has been off the boil. I mean, he's missing chances. After chances, he missed some derby. He missed chances against... Um, mm-hmm. who, who was it that... Um, who was it the, it was the free header against... Um, on Saturday, where you would expect to pull away. And... My God, he needs to be dropped on Tuesday. I'm sorry, Neil. I, yeah, I, I can't I see him playing. No, no, I can't see him playing. He can't play him. He can't play him. You know, no, I think uh, I, I, I think the, the problem is you, we don't know who he's going to play, do we? But you know, horse for courses. You think, well, if a player if a player's not doing it, and no. Darlow, you know, they, they've conceded a couple of goals. So there, there is a lot of room for wiggle room to, to make changes in that team, to make it stronger, to make it more vocal. And, uh-huh. you know, and I think you, you, add, in, you add in Murphy, you add in, um, you add in Elliot, you know, you bring in Hanley. Um, the, yeah. pro- the problem is, though, that the, the, the Brighton have got a lot of pace in that team. 
And oh, it, it, I remember when Brian came to thingy that we were really worried about um, knockabout, weren't we? And um, he, yeah, and he and he because he is one of these players that he'll hurt you for speed. But I think because of that, he'll he'll keep themselves in there and he'll pack the midfield and he'll go one up front and he won't go. Uh, I I don't think he'll bring Mitchell. He won't be Murphy. It'll be Perez. It'd be a false. It'd be Perez as a false nine then, Perez. Yeah. What I mean, but uh, that's, yeah. that's, so what you're saying. Jamie. I love this. Yeah, Jamie be starting. I think Jamie is clear at the moment, sort of thing. I think that's going to go to Brighton, and he's going to go for a point, which is fine. I take mm-hmm. a point all day long, and I think we'll get a point. Hopefully, get a point tomorrow. As long as he's clear with Brighton, don't lose him in the league. Don't lose him tonight and tomorrow, right? Just clear with them, right? And match him for every mm-hmm. effort. And if we match him tomorrow night, then will be okay. I'll, I'll take a point tomorrow right there. But, go back on um, Hanley. I mean, I thought I think we'd be better off replacing with Zells, but I don't think that's going to do that. But, definitely, I'll definitely drop Mitch man. I'll definitely He's drop Mitch to He's Pitt. got to he do it. He's not good enough. He's not good enough, man. He's not good enough. Mm. I mean, how many more chances is he going to miss? I mean, he cannot afford to miss chance after chance after chance. Oh, by the way, he missed a great chance against Norwich after five minutes when he shot mm. him straight to keep that one-on-one. And mm-hmm. I thought to myself, hey, the guy, confident is totally shot. We're missing Gal. We do miss Gal big style. Mm-hmm. And the sooner he comes back, and Hayden for that matter, the better. I mean, get them back I here. I think he'll come back. Yeah, I think I think he'll come back on. Is it Saturday we're playing, Neil? Uh, uh, we discussed it earlier. Yes. It was, yeah, it was <laughs> Monday, isn't it? I thought it was Monday. Yeah. So oh my God. He can't, I think Gal must be close to coming back because, um, yes, he's not playing. He obviously, I think he was, you know, they're, they're saying he was, he's got a chance uh, against playing against uh, uh, Brighton, but obviously that now he's not. But uh, you never know, do you? He might, might bring a surprise. But um, I think Huddersfield has got a big pitch, so uh, I, I actually can't see us getting anything at Redden because Redden's one of them teams we never play well against anyway. It's just no. a, it's a bogey town for that one. But um, you know, I think. If Newcastle ought to really make a statement, a win tomorrow, yes, a draw, you'll take a draw in the end, but a win tomorrow gets everybody, up, get, gives them players belief big time, I think. Absolutely, absolutely. I think that's a good go there and make him play attacking football tomorrow. I hope he does. And just give it a right go. I mean, if we play it, if we did in the mm. second half, right on Saturday, just keep the tempo going. Don't sit back. Don't be cautious, right? Just go there and have a go. If you can have a go, we can't play football. We can't mm. come forward and create chances, right? But at the end of the day, the goals are calm, but we must make it count. That mm. is the thing. Give me a scoreline for tomorrow, John, before we go. Right. I said it's going to be a draw, so I'm going to take a one old draw. But just before you go, I don't know if you know this guy. It's on Saturday. Um, David Wagner, he will be on the touchdown. He's got a two-game yes. line ban. Yeah, I saw that, yeah. Yeah, we discussed that. Even better, keep him away from... But he's probably allowed in... I wonder if it's it's a stadium ban or it's just a ban in general. Just a two-game ban. So he'll be around around the the dressing room. Um, So what was the score you said? I said it's going to be one each, but like I said, we've got to stay with him. We Mm. cannot cannot concede silly goals. Mm. And 
I'm going to say this now, right? Whether people like it or not, but Carl Thorlo has got to communicate mm. with his back far because he has not been doing that at all whatsoever. And yeah. he needs to do that very quickly. If in doubt, right, he's got to talk. That is why we, we have dropped six points because of him. Mm. What do you think? Are. Yeah, I agree. Yes. Neil? Hmm. Sorry, Andrew, put them on eight. Yeah. Um, I, I just have a fancy we're going to sneak a draw. Yeah, yeah. I think a draw is going to be. And I'd th- say that if you offer that, that now, it's not me handle. Mm. I so think. In, I yeah, I think. I think we need to win. Um, but I'll take a draw. I think we're in agreement there. I think personally, he he needs to he needs to drop Mitrovic, and I to put a shot against the bows of Darlow. I think he should look to. But that's the problem, isn't it? If he's if he's coming for crosses, I think. That's what they'll do all day tomorrow. Is they'll be looking to get past the on on the flanks and cross the ball in. I think we'll deal with it, but um, I think I think Darlow is on the edge because yeah. normally he does drop players when they make two uh, blunders that cost goals, and he's done that. And plus, you know, he, he has been he was close against that other one because the first one. Remember when he managed to save himself. But uh, you know, Rafa's no dummy, and I think yeah, I'm not sure. I, I tell you, it's going to be interesting for me. The the hour before the game is going to tell me everything about Rafa. Um, if he if he if he if if he's prepared to go with him and play him, it'll be on the crosses like uh, like we've said before. So interesting. So we'll see what happens. And uh, thanks everybody coming. Thanks John for coming on, and we'll yeah. catch you next week. And um, yeah, okay. uh, thanks for everybody coming on and. It's been a great night of talk. Regards to Toon Talk. Thanks, John. Thanks, Neil. Thanks very much indeed. Cheers, man. Thanks, Neil. Thanks, Yeah. Hope so. Take care. Take care. Cheers. Cheers.